I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 78. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. This episode where we're talking all things Real Housewives. We are so excited to be talking about it. But before we get to that exciting thing that we're about to talk about, we have some housekeeping notes to get out of the way first. The first being that wherever you're listening to us, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, if you can go right now and leave a rating and review on our podcast page, uh, it would be so thankful to uh, on behalf of us because it helps us against the algorithm. It helps us get seen by more and more people. It helps us get feedback on everything that you guys are wanting from this show. So um, it's really helpful whenever you do that. So take that time right now and go leave that rating and review. And when you get back, uh, also go follow us on our social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, uh, all at a gay and his NB. We're posting clips from the podcast. We're posting our instant thoughts about the things that we're watching. There's tons of really great stuff all over at a gay and his NB across the internet. Um, and also you can, as also on the internet, you can go to gainismb.threadless.com uh, and pick up merchandise from us. It's, we have a variety of different designs that you can get on t-shirts and mugs and stickers and just about anything in between. They're really cool designs and we would love the ability for you guys to rep us in any way that you can. Like I said, that's over at gainismb.threadless.com. And last but not least, if you have any questions that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us over at againismb at gmail.com or on the social media platforms that I mentioned beforehand. Uh, just leave your name, leave your question, uh, and it could be answered on a future episode of A Gay and His NB. Babe, what are we talking about on this episode in this Housewives-centric episode? Uh, well, we're going to be talking about this uh, second part of the Salt Lake City uh, reunion. Uh, you know, for not being on most of the season, Mary had a lot to say. <laughs> and I did not mind it. I didn't mind it. Didn't it all. It, it was all great stuff. Great content. I, I'm excited to, to, to hear from her. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're going to be talking about this Homeless Not Toothless event. Uh, second year in a row? Third year? First time it's been a full event. Oh, right. Of- Last year it was just a little party at Dorit's house. Yeah, and we'll just be hoping by uh, the end of the season that Anne Marie will be jobless. Well, she'll probably still be a nurse. Or, or a nurse anesthetist, I guess. What, yeah, whatever that is. Sure. <laughs> Look, I'm sure that there's plenty of I don't nurse- think she knows. I don't think she knows is the, is the problem. Um, we're also going to be talking about uh, Real Housewives of Miami. The ladies are going to be getting their fashion on. We yep. got Miami Swim Week. Love the Miami fashions. Love those. And then, before we talk about any of that, let's talk about Potomac. Real Housewives of Potomac for this week. I got to say, I thought this episode was better. Yeah. I, I thought, I, I thank God we're out of Austin. <laughs> Like, like, right. Oh, dear God. Like, never want to see them in that city ever again. Like, I've never felt such animosity towards Austin as I, I did during... I love Austin. I love Austin. But this, this three-episode arc that needed to be one really just was... It was something. Tedious as hell. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah. So, 
we started the episode off. Uh, Karen and Ray are having coffee outside in like their little gazebo area. And Karen was kind of like getting into it with Ray a little bit about so her her 5% of calcium or whatever, uh, like the buildup yeah. something in her carotid artery. Which, again, I will say, like, they play it as like, a, like oh, my God, like, what is she talking about? But it's like, that, I mean, that is. Yeah, that's, that's again, a real thing. Again, she's in her triple 20, guys. It's not like she's, you know, a spring chicken. She, she is not a spring chicken, and she does not like chicken shit. <laughs> or chickens, really. You can't have that dirty bird. No dirty bird. No matter what the age. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. But, like, she's basically telling, like, Ray, she's like, you know, I know that, you know, we always put a smile on everything. But, you know, when I got the results from the cardiologist, you dropped the ball. I know you're busy. But when I ring the phone and you're like, oh, what do you need? What do you want? You know, you know, shooing me away. Ray goes, timing is everything. And Karen goes, time in my ass. I should be the priority. <laughs> yeah, but you also have to understand that when you're calling at work, like – you kind of may get snippy response. Yeah. So like, come on. It did. It felt very, and here's the thing. It kind of felt a little innocuous, but in the back of my head, because I've been so down on this season, I'm like, I like that Karen is, and Karen, I, I, I think I've said it before is willing to show sort of like, more negative sides with Ray and sort of like fights and, and especially even now, fights. especially now she didn't used to. Yeah. She didn't used to be willing to do that. I just feel like nowadays it's like when, and I think this is maybe a cross housewives problem. You can tell like certain people are curating their lives and like oh, yeah. presenting certain things. Like for example, I don't think Mia and Gordon are as happy as they are presenting on the show. For sure. Yeah. Even though Mia's vocalizing certain things in, like, the confessional, they're presenting in, like, scenes as if, like, everything's good. And it's, like, you know, no marriage is like that. Yeah. So, like, you know, it it, it just – I appreciate it anytime I do see it because it's, you know, different. Um, But Karen also tells uh, Ray about how she's preparing for the event that she's doing for PAVE, which is the organization um, that she's a part of that uh, helps rape victims and um, rape survivors. Um, she's, uh, basically, <laughs> I, I love the way she phrased, she was like, I hope everyone is on a good sheet of music cause I need good energy around me. Is that a common phrase? Nope. She just made that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another Karenism. <laughs> you know, I, I think it was like, I hope everyone's on the same page. I hope, you know. I don't know where the sheet of music came from. I mean, like, you, I get where you, you do get need to be on the same from... page if you're in like a quartet or whatever. Like right. Yeah, that that's true. Um, no, it was dumb. <laughs> it was really dumb. <laughs> it was not. It was not Karen's best. Um, we then go this. We then go to I would say my favorite scene of the episode, and who kind of like starts to become like a real star. This episode is Mia. Like she, yeah. this was Mia's best episode. And we were saying, I think we were saying last week that we were kind of really slowly impressed with Mia and actually kind of see some like good elements and in, in stuff that she's doing. And I, I really saw this episode. Mia can stay. I'm, I'm fine yeah. with Mia staying. Well, and the thing is, is that Mia understands what's going on and she may be a little Delulu about herself. But sure. she also like sees the way that the water is moving and is totally willing to switch allegiances when necessary. Right. And she also like will call out bullshit as she sees it. Does she see it right? No, not all the time. 
But when she calls out bullshit that's not actually bullshit, that's also entertaining. Yeah. And I think she knows what show she's on. Yeah. I think she knows what her job is. Yeah. Um, but her and Robin do like a cooking lesson, like double date with Gordon and Juan, basically. Um, right before they go in, though, Juan gets like or does a call or whatever for like an assistant, like coach. I got so triggered when this like sh- like wide shot where we don't see Juan of him just like on the phone with someone. Don't like with how like Juan has been this season. It's like didn't it be like didn't you get like chills? And- I was like, are, is this another hot mic moment? Are, are we about to hear? Him, like we heard uh, Joe Giudice calling, you know, Teresa a bitch. Over, like, what yeah. are we, what's happening? What, what's happening? It's like, why aren't they showing him? Like, right, what are we to, about to hear? There has to be some reason, but whatever. It was just a phone call because he wants an assistant coaching job and, and trying to apply. Um, they enter and they say hi to Chef Frankie, who's leading the cooking lesson. She's like, I got chef hats for the guys or whatever, and gives them the hats. I was like, both of these men are bald. <laughs> Isn't the point of a chef hat to like not get hair in the food? Uh-huh. Like that's the whole reason. And Robin and me are just like what? Uh, this seemed odd to me. Um, okay, Mia talks. Oh my! And Mia mentions that like you know, yeah, like it's like a big thing, like you know, us learning how to cook now, and we wanting to get more involved in that since you know we don't have the nanny, and therefore we don't have the chef anymore. It's like, can you like? Oh my God. How do you, I don't get people who can't like when you're parents, like, you know what I mean? Like you're, 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 you're raising young children and you can't like make food for them. I get having a nanny. If you are busy, like I get, if you have like a high demand job, but you still should be able to do the basic stuff. At the very least, you know how to pop some chicken nuggies in the air fryer. Sure. That's all they need. That's all they need. Yeah. It's probably all they'll eat. (laughs) <laughs> probably uh they start to make like fresh pasta or whatever and it's funny because like the eggs is spilling out and it's like oh god what are we doing um but then mia uh well mia says her confessional that she thinks that you know cooking is like therapeutic and helps bring people together and she goes so i think it's a good idea to you know, introduce that to robin and juan because clearly they were having some issues and then she does like a side like mm-hmm, like face like she like I love that she's just like, I'm with the audience here. Yeah. And then she, uh, Robin brings up, I guess she's doing this, like, um, she's opening a franchise of this, like, what is it? Like a facial therapy. It's this company called Glow 30, which I guess does, like, facial rejuvenation or something. I don't I know. Guess. Yeah. But she's, I guess, launching her own, like, opening a franchise in that, uh-huh. which it's like, Robin talks about, like. She, lane, girl. Well, I was fine with it in terms of if they need to bring in money. Like, like, cause she says like, you know, Juan losing his job, just put more importance on diversifying our portfolio. It's not the reason why, but it's a smart thing to do. And her saying like, it's not the reason why I felt like she was like, that is clearly the reason it's clear, why. Like when, when you're being that obvious, why is it go on? Like, and it's, it, I'm sorry. I'm I'm all for like you know people have moments where it's like you lose a job or and balance. It's just something very weird about like Juan having this cheating thing that just like really like laid Robin out to dry in terms of like the public and stuff like that. And Robin's having to seemingly pick up all the slack in terms of work, right? Like she's work not just with Potomac, but like having to do all this other stuff. According Is she to, still doing the hat thing? I think. And I whatever know. money she makes from the tours and the podcast. Yeah. Like, she does have a lot of stuff that she is doing. And, like, Robin said on the reason Watch Rappens Live that Juan still hasn't found the job. 
And it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I you about to run out of that fifteen months? Like, I, like I get it. It's your dream, and you love coaching, and what. I don't care. You have a family. Like, yeah. I, like, <laughs> sorry. McDonald's is hiring. And also. At 15 bucks an hour, some of them. Yeah. And it's like, if anything, you, again, this is why I hate Juan is like, whether you did something or not, or whether like you actually had sex with this girl or, or it was just optics or whatever, you fucked up. You yeah. did something that was fucked up. So you should. I'm sorry, you should be groveling to a certain extent, and you should be being so active in terms of being, you know, the best and providing and contributing to where Robin, like, like, Robin should leave you by all intents and purposes, but you should do everything in your power to make sure she won't. Like, yeah. And you're just not willing to do that. Um, so yeah, uh, Gordon asked about like the Austin trip. Mia goes, uh, have you told Juan and Robin goes, see, you know, Juan doesn't really understand like female drama really. Cause he seems to be like the, one, you put him in it all the time. Stop calling him on the phone Two, yeah. like, he definitely has an opinion at least about it to a certain extent. Um, and then Mia says like, yeah, I told basically Robin and Austin that the story to me like sounded like BS and they play the clip that like in Robin's room, she had this conversation with her and it was on this, it was definitely on the same day where Robin like cried in the car. I don't know if it was like before or after, but like, she's like, yeah, this doesn't sound correct. Can like, we stop holding on to these scenes that seem pivotal? Yeah. I mean, until later, like we on Beverly Hills, they hid the 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 scene with crystal yelling about people always wanting her to get angry sure which i need more context of i i I just do because you just used a little clip in a flashback and now i don't really know like salt lake like we're about to see we see the whole thing where monica fell down the stairs which you clearly had on camera so why not show that in the moment um and then like this i need more of this like i need more of that conversation why are we doing this yeah why are we cutting out shit that matters to the season at least i will say this at least mia brings it up here like at least at least like you're like well if this was gonna make more sense here fine like but i do definitely see like there is sort of an over line like the amount of t- I, I will say the amount of flashbacks you get now on like housewife shows where it's just like just do a longer season, like do a 22 episode season. Like I right. may, maybe not, I, you know, maybe I'd regret my words on that, but it's like, you definitely have content. Like what, what's going on? And maybe on? Austin wouldn't have felt so dead if they had included this in those episodes. Yeah. Like I could have, you know, those t- episodes were dumb. Like I would have to take three minutes off the kayaking scene and like, give us something like this. I don't know. I, uh, I'm just over it. Yeah. Mia then asked Juan, can you tell me what the hell happened? And Juan goes, I mean, what's there to tell? Like, you know, I should, you know, I'm sure you already heard about it, you know, read about it. Mia goes, did you really put your credit card down? Like, she's just like, I'm going to ask these questions. And like, good on fucking her. Like, you know, Uh, he goes, no, I pay for the room. You know, my credit card was down. Like she got me like it's, and then he goes, she, she, uh, like he's like stutter. Like, why are you still stuttering? Have you not got this fucking story together? Like, what? Like, why? Like, if it's so clear what happened, what the fuck are you stuttering about? Like, 
if you just tell the truth, you don't have to remember the lie on like just. Well, and also she, he says she said that she went to the casino and someone stole her purse. She couldn't get money sent from Canada. So I put my car down and you would know you were the like, original story was that she lost her purse at the casino. Right. I'm pretty sure Robin said on Watch What Happens Live during that sit down with Andy that she lost it. I'm pretty sure she used the word lost. Right. And it's like, now she stole it. And it's like, maybe you're only saying stole now because to me, if like you lost your purse in a casino, casinos have lost and founds. Right. They have cameras everywhere. Yeah. They would be able to find this person. So that story falls apart. Like, definitely. Um, <laughs> Mia goes, because you do that over the phone, right? Right? Oh, no, you went. Like, she she knew, by the way, that he didn't, like... I will I, say, I don't know that you can put down a credit card over the phone. Because they, like, for incidentals and whatnot. Because I think they need to see your ID. But they charge... You can charge... You can... Again, there's hotel... Like we said at the time, hotels.com is a thing. You can book a stay. Right, but you still have to physically see the card when you check in. Again, like... I just maybe, but I just like. But at that point, like, text her a picture. Text her a picture, or like again, if he is not stay, like I'm assuming if this is the case, the girl then could communicate with the front desk lady and be like, "Hey, like, I'm having somebody pay for my hotel room, but he's not the one staying here. I have, you, you, you know, like, is there a way? Like, there's a way to fix it. I'm sorry, there's a way to fucking do it. Yeah." Where he doesn't have to fucking drive an hour to yeah. Baltimore. It's crazy. Um, he, he, he Juan's like, no, I went to the hotel room. The whole time also this is happening, Robin is literally like looking down at this pasta. She's just like, her eyes cannot leave the table. It's just like, it's it's kind of sad in a way. Like, yeah. it's, it's like she's disassociating. Um, Mia goes, okay, so like next time. And Juan goes, I mean, I don't need, like, a next time. Like, I'm a grown man. I made a mistake. You know, I own it. And Mia goes, like, oh, well, good. <laughs> and then she says to her confessional, I just wanted to understand the dynamic, you know. And his story matches Robin, so they definitely practiced that one. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, that's so, it's so, like, you aren't good at, I'm sorry. You aren't good at acting like you guys aren't practicing your stories together. It's so fucking obvious and clear. Yeah. It's blatant. Um, and then Mia tells Gordon that she had told Robin about like the stuff that had happened to the attorney because Robin had like a similar situation. And so, you know, confided in that. And Mia says in her confessional, like, I do think there could have been a different approach and that, you know, it could have prevented, you know, such a drastic end. But I'm like, could it have, like, I, I'm not, I don't blame Gordon on this. Like, like if someone is like stealing money from you and, and is like, you know, especially a lawyer who's holding your claiming to hold your money in escrow and he's not, and he, you can't get access to it. Yeah. You sue him. Yeah. I'm just because he commits suicide afterwards. Like, you know, the suicide was from the guilt, from the thing that he did that he was probably like, I think even Robin said it in Austin that he was probably doing to other people. Right. Well, I like this is a serious enough story that I just is. Are there news articles? Somebody link link us a news article about this. Yeah, because this had to have been a thing. Like Like, I just didn't see it, and I just I need some sort of because it's just maybe it's hard to find because you wouldn't they wouldn't cite like Gordon and Mia in the article, right? They might. 
Maybe, but like, unless it was like, no. If this person was connected to, and then the lawsuit, and then the the radar online would have been running the story. Like all of the different maybe those blogs like, would yeah. have run the story, and I just never saw it. And maybe I just didn't see it. You know, that's totally acceptable and possible. I just because it was so eerily close to Robin's story. Yeah, from what happened with her and Juan, I just I need some sort of cooperation. Yeah, just I just not that I doubt Mia because I do, but <laughs> um, it's not like Mia's lied like her <laughs> entire time on the show. Right, I, I just I need some evidence, and then the second that I've got it, I'm like cool and I'm on board. Honestly, cool and I'm on board until I get evidence. But if there is a search for evidence and nothing comes up. Then I'm looking sideways. Well, I think it's weird in the sense that, like, we know what's going to happen with me and Gordon right. like, towards the end of the season. And, like, I and it, I was saying to you, like, it felt strange seeing them in the scene knowing, like, they don't end the season together. Yeah. Like, but, like, it does feel like the reasons that they're divorcing has nothing to do with this. And Mia is seemingly implying that, like, this is the reason for the strain in the relationship. And I'm like... Based well, off of that mid-season trailer and stuff like that, it doesn't feel like that. No, what it, it is. It feels like both of them have been cheating for years, and now they're just willing to talk about it. Yeah, that seems more the issue. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, we then go to Wendy's house, and she's with some of the family, and then she has like this like one-on-one conversation with her mom at one point. I want to get what did you think of this scene? Um, I, as someone who I have been backing Wendy throughout this whole thing, and I'm still kind of backing Wendy. This kind of gave me a side eye, <laughs> at least from, I was side eyeing her mother in many ways. Yes. And maybe it, that her mom isn't telling Wendy the full story, but like there was something about Wendy's mother's like demeanor here that I found incredibly odd. Yeah. I just, like you said, it felt odd. Like, I feel like some things were taken out of context clearly, but I also feel like there was probably an air of threatening that was definitely intended. Yeah. On that phone call. Sure. And that's what was picked up on. And then things were embellished along the way to support that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Uh, Wendy, though, like she starts and Wendy asks her mom, like, you know, are you feeling better since that you got back from the hospital? She goes, you know, I'm just recuperating. It was an elective thing that I did. It was something that I chose to do. And and he's like, you, that was when you're in Austin for an elective thing. And she's like, no, no, no. It was like an elective thing. That was a complication after like, so she's saying it was like an elective surgery that led to a complication. But also, why are you hemming and hawing? Just, yeah. like, why, why are, that's clearly a statement for the camera. Right, that's my point. It's like, like it, it just, that felt weird. That felt like, you're talking to your daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, like, what, what did you go get done? Right. Like, fine, whatever your elective surgery was, fine. Just say, hey, I went to go get my eyebrow lifted or something and you know there was an also, infection if you go to get or your, oh, oh okay i was like if you get your eyebrow lifted and you're in the hospital <laughs> well but you know a terrible I, eyebrow well, but she said there was a complication you know so yeah. maybe it wasn't an eyebrow lift maybe she was getting like 
I don't know, like something, something, you know, and there was an infection or they nicked an artery or something, you know, like there's a lot of things that can go wrong, but like when it's an elective surgery, that shortens the list of things that can go wrong. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm, and the fact that she's just dancing around it, just tell us what happened. Right. And it, it, it was just the delivery that was odd to me. Cause she, like, yeah. and then Wendy also like, so, so she starts to bring up like the NECA stuff. Right. And Wendy's mom, Wendy's mom, like three or four times is like, what's her name? So like, what's yeah. her name? Like, it just felt like really like for a reason she was saying it. So you're like, yeah, I don't even know this girl's name. Like it was like, is, is Priyanka on this season? Yeah. What's my name? Yeah. When he goes, you know, Lebe, right? And when his mom goes, oh, Lebe, you know, Ivy's friend. When he's like, yeah, like when I talked to Ivy, she said that her and Lebe had like a falling out. And the way Wendy's mom just goes, her and Lebe, yeah, they had a falling out. And, you know, I take Lebe as my daughter. So I called Lebe to make sure that they realize it's very hard to find a friend, very easy to make an enemy. That sounds like a threat. Like, that does sound like a threat. I'm sorry. Like, like it's just really strange. Um, it's, like, pointedly ominous. Yeah. It's <laughs> Wendy's mom's like, yeah, I don't know the other person. What's her name? And she goes, it's NECA. <laughs> like, again, it's NECA, mom. Um, she's like, you know, she had said that she had called you mentioning something about a shrine. And then Wendy's mom goes, the only shrine that I know is St. Jude's Shrine in downtown Baltimore. And she goes, you know what? I feel sorry for her. I've never met the girl. You know, if I meet her, you know what I'm going to do? I'll pray for her. And I love when he goes, oh, don't do that. She'll think she, she'll put, she's putting, you're putting something on her or whatever. Like, also, isn't St. Jude the patron saint of lost causes? Sure. I, mean, I have no clue. I have nothing. I have no knowledge of that. You probably well, because St. Jude, that. It, like it's sad that they use it, but St. Oh, Jude is the makes sense. Yeah. like the children's research hospital. Yeah, like again, this left me with questions. And again, I'm not going to blame Wendy for it because again, I, I mean, I don't agree with Giselle in terms of like you know everything your mother's doing. That's not always the case, especially not Wendy's mom seemingly. But like Wendy's mom made me suspicious. <laughs> Um, I, I, again, not to say like voodoo and by the way, I don't, I don't, again, that whole stuff I still maintain is a stupid narrative that's being right. put out. I, was she maybe threatening? Probably <laughs> like, you know, she at least was threatening Lebe or <laughs> right. But let's be clear. Christians pl- pray threateningly at other people all the time. All the you don't need time. another religion or another practice involved to have anything to do with that. Yeah. Y'all can do that shit all on your own. Yeah. Um, we then see Giselle going with her daughter, Grace. Uh, she's saying that, you know, she's getting her ready to like go to college and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I love Grace is just like, yeah, okay. Like I'm ready to leave, you know, pack my bags, say goodbye. And Giselle's like, Oh, you answer that way too quickly. Nope. <laughs> like you have to be sad about it. Grace is over Giselle. And I really I, like you. I, yeah. I, I get it. It's like your mother. I'm not trying to like imply like, even though I have very negative things to say about Giselle uh, nine times out of 10, but like, she's just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I kind of get why. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but she, Giselle's like, I want you to be prepared, you know, and, and all that stuff. So I'm taking you to a self-defense class, uh, which I do think is a valid thing to, you yeah. know, 
teach a young woman going to college. Unfortunately, we'll get into that sort of topic later. Also, I didn't Karen like her first season do the same thing with Raven. Like, like I think so. I like if I I remember that correctly. Like, so yeah. I mean, it's important to you know know Grace. She asked Grace like, "Do you have any like you know understanding of stuff?" And she's basically like, "Yeah, I know basically you know kick them in the balls and run." Like that's that's which yeah, that's a great way you know great way to do it easy. Um, and they do like these all these trainings of how like you like can you know use like leverage and stuff like that to get off people. Giselle is like you know struggling. She's like, I feel like I'm weak. And Grace goes, Yeah, they would like get you. Like, <laughs> which like don't say that on television, Grace. Like there's people who watch this. Um, Giselle, uh, is, but Giselle is taking it hard that, you know, Grace is leaving college because it was her firstborn. It's the first, like, out of, out of the house. And like, I've said it before, like, and I will continue to maintain it. These, these scenes do a great job of humanizing Giselle in a way that most of the rest of the season does not. Right. Like, I think, you know, yeah, I, I resonate, or, like, I can see as a mother, it's really, you know, affecting her. And that's a big deal. And I do think she cares about her daughters. Like, I think, like. It's, you know, I think that we it can't give her a pass. These scenes can't give her a pass on many right. things. I think if this was a show about Giselle and her family, I wouldn't watch it, but I think people would. Yeah. I think it would do well, you know, because I think that part of Giselle is very entertaining and it's very personable and it's very relatable. And... But the problem is, is that she then has to show up and be a friend to people and that she's not good at. Yeah, not really. Um, Giselle uh, decides to FaceTime Jason at one point uh, to tell him about like, you know, the training and stuff like that. Uh, And she talks about like one of the things, like, I don't get to see Jason a lot. Like it's because he's in New York and et cetera. So it's like, you know, there's that distance. But like once I become an empty nester, I'm going to, you know, be able to see him more often, which... I'm so way people are very much like this is a television relationship and this it's not going to be like a lasting thing. Maybe that's true. I, you know, but I'm not going to down, you know, I'm not, I'm going to take it as it is. I'm going to take Giselle at her word on that at least. Um, and the scene ends with Grace accidentally kicking Giselle in the cooch. I just, Jeez. <laughs> which is like, was a fitting ending. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I, I do not like Giselle. <laughs> um, Candace, uh, uh, we see she's going to uh, a lunch with NECA, um, but before that, she's in the car and she calls her mom. Uh, and I guess she had gone to, like, um, for a mammogram or whatever and that she had found, like, there were two lumps and she was very nervous about it. The doctors are saying that it's lymph nodes, but she's very – I resonate with this as someone who has, like, a lot of, like, medical anxiety. Oh, she, like, yeah. they're, they're saying it's lymph nodes and it's fine, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I'm like – well, the thing is that the lymph nodes are meant, they're filters. Right. That's what they're meant to do. Um, they're supposed to catch things before they become things. So it's not so much that it's fine, but it's still like, it's an indication that you should look somewhere else. Right. But it's not a thing yet. Yeah. And, but she said, I didn't know that Candace had, she says that she has like breast cancer in her family. So it's right. like a thing that she's very like conscious of. She's like, I well, I want to be really proactive with it, you know, and I don't know if she means like getting like preemptive, like the preemptive mastectomies and stuff like that that some people like, do. Like does she have the Broca gene, like those sorts of things, I wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully that's, it's not too serious. Um, we do see then Candace meet up with NECA. I, again, I do appreciate like Candace 
making the effort to, even though that NECA and Wendy are having their issue, I'm still going to interact with her. I'm right. Gonna film scene. Like not even just from like a, like building a friendship, like, you know, with the wallop, but I'm going to film scenes with her. Like, like this is my job. I'm yeah. clocking in. Let's work. Yeah. Um, Candace is like, have you still recovered from Austin? Cause like, I'm not. NECA goes, I think it's frustrating to see, you know, two people caring about each other and not really connecting. You know, you guys have to work it out talking about Robin and Candace and Candace goes, well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I I kind of think at this point Candace is over. I really think that end of that Austin trip at that dinner yeah. like really cemented things for her. And and she, I mean, from how she's maintained sort of in like interviews after the season and like online, like it does feel like she's like, yeah, I'm, the Robin thing's done. Like we're gonna see next week them like having a conversation, but like I don't I don't know what's gonna come of it because it's like it doesn't seem like it's gonna really result in anything but like where do they go you i know, know right? like robin has to budge and that's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen yeah and candace is not gonna budge either but i also think i understand but why. she's right not to right i really think so like you can't like yeah um the wendy stuff comes up in the conversation neck is like you know it was never my intention for to have that conversation in the group setting referring to pickleball and it's like again i don't buy that i'm i know that's what she's maintaining that it just like was a natural thing that just came up Come on. I'm not, we're not stupid. Candace goes, I mean, you called her a bitch. <laughs> and NECA goes, I did. Do you think that, you know, me calling her a bitch justifies her alleging that I'm an LA crackhead? And Candace goes, the crackhead thing came after a lot of things were said. You know, if everything somebody says, you know, something crazy to you, you, your inclination is to call them a bitch. And then the producers then play a compilation of Candace using the word bitch in like arguments and stuff like that, including like like her calling uh, Ashley like a bulbous bitch, bulbous head bitch in the confessionals and stuff like that. They really are fucking coming for Candace in the edit. And it's like, I just don't it's really frustrating. I just don't think it's necessary. Like I don't. And I'm sorry. I, I, thought, I saw a great tweet, which was like, in terms of some of this, like Giselle stuff from last season and the Robin stuff, you could be playing a lot of fucking flashbacks. There is a lot of fucking material on the table from the reunion, from the stuff that was going on throughout the season. You could play flashbacks about these other women if you wanted to. Like, I get that. Like, yes. Is it a little hypo- hypocritical for Candace to say, like, you know, be, be tough on the idea of calling somebody a bitch? Yes, I get that. But it's like it's also not the biggest thing, right? In terms of all the dynamics that are happening, in my view, right? It's, it's a very small part of it. So, like, I don't know. I'm just hoping that it's true that Eric's gone because, yeah. Um, Candace says, you know, for me, like, you know, we can move forward independent of Wendy. It's just there has to be hope that you guys will have a conversation. And Neca is like unsure if that's ever going to happen, and you know. Uh, NECA says her confessional, if Wendy was not in the equation, Candace and I would have a full-fledged friendship, but I understand that her friendship has to be on her terms. And Candace does kind of say this in her confessional as well. She's like, I'm walking on eggshells a little bit because I don't want to upset Wendy. I don't want to, you know, which is natural. I don't think, and he's like, I actually don't think Wendy is forcing her to. Right. I don't th- I don't think that's Wendy's active intention. I think she does not fuck with NECA. Well, and also Wendy is not whispering in her ear, I can't believe you would have her have lunch with her. I can't believe you would do this. Like I they just play, they played the clip from the um when they were by the pool in Austin, but what Wendy's saying there isn't like you said, like don't you know, be friends with her. It's just like don't bring me up in conversation. Yeah. Like don't try to like, you know, like 
it's it's done with me and NECA. Yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want. But it's like, let's not, you know, make this a thing. And I and I understand that. Um they both talk about wanting babies and, you know, NECA's like, yeah, like I'm not even there yet on the, the IVF stuff. Like we've been still just like trying for seven months. And Candace is like, look, it just takes time. Like you have to be doing it everywhere basically, which yeah, very true. Um, but I, and I do, I, I do feel like Candace sees something in NECA. And if can again, I think Candace, I value Candace as a judging character. Right. You know, whether you think like, again, sort of like, her argument, her argumentativeness and whatever, like all valid. I actually think Candace in most part is a great judging character. And I think if she sees something in NECA, I'm open to NECA. I said it like, I think last week, I want to see NECA through the end of the season. She's not in, she's not fully in Anna Marie territory for me. Um, but like, she's not great right now, but I was, I still want to see more. Um, we then, uh, everyone's getting ready for, uh, Karen's pave event that they're doing. Mia's getting her makeup done and she's telling Gordon, she's had like a lot of anxiety about the event. And it's like, because of some unresolved trauma. And she kind of like hints to this in the confessional that this is, you know, something that's been weighing on her. She, she's like, I don't even know if I want to go, you know, and that it's going to come up and it leads to a very interesting, you know, ending to this episode. Um, Karen's pave event. Uh, she's getting set up. I for, I literally forgot until she mentioned it that the she did do a pave event in the past, and it was the event where she kicked Giselle and Robin right. out. Yeah, I love was that season two, like two or three. Yeah, like and she, I love. It's a great scene because she tells the woman, uh, "These two ladies need to go. Their hearts are not in the right place." <laughs> <laughs> Which correct they were not. Sure, but the fact that that was a pave event too, I like. Jeez, it really does show. I'll say this. It does show the evolution of housewives in a way that it's like, we're not doing a stupid housewife fight at this like event. Right. We're actually going to treat it seriously because it should be treated seriously in terms right. of the topic. Like, and it led to a really good scene. Like Karen talks about, you know, being happy that despite everyone's issues, they're showing up. Like, right. you know, there wasn't any hint of a fighting, you know, issue. Um, Karen talks, of, you know, does, opens up the dinner and like, does like a little speech. Um, and she mentioned that like it was she was uh, made ambassador um, at an event with President Biden, and I forgot. And that makes sense actually because I know Biden's done a lot of stuff like even before he was president in terms of like right. um, um, women's protections in terms right. of sexual assault and stuff like, like that. He actively removed people's, um, but he made it so that non-disclosure agreements cannot apply to sexual assault allegations. Yeah, and he spearheaded the uh, Violence Against Women Act when he was right. in the Senate. So, I mean, and when she, just when she said that, it was just very, kind of similar with the J- Kamala Harris thing with Jackie. Right. It was very much like, wow, like, you know, like. It adds prestige. Yeah, it's not just like, Karen's not just this like Bravo housewife. I actually think she she's has, got more than a three wick candle. Yeah, she has a lot of power, and I think that's impressive. Yeah, um, she introduces like the the leader of of Pave to speak a little bit, and they introduce one of the guests, Ella, um, to talk about sort of her experience and how she used music to sort of help. And she has this song called "Favorite Doll" that she plays, and it's a beautiful. Um, song on the guitar and as this is happening they kind of go through everyone's confessionals of them like sharing their experiences Robin um, 
uh, had a case where she was underage and she wasn't able to consent, obviously, and, like, didn't sort of really comprehend that until later on. And, like, Candace also said similarly, like, it wasn't something that really sort of dawned on me. Like, this was sexual assault. Right. Until, like, later. Ashley talks about, and I believe Ashley mentioned before that, like, it was a member of her family. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that added element of it. And it was, you know, it was impactful to... And Andy talked about this on Watch Weapons Live, like hearing that how many of the women right. had a history with this really yeah. puts into perspective like how this pervasive is just, it is for yeah. women in general. And we we know the stats, but it's like to just have so many women have an experience like that is um, really uh, impactful. Um, I was a little irritated that they put in the confessional of Giselle talking about yeah. she's known people who is like, yes. Well, I, when, he, when he says that she's known friends, Giselle's, Giselle's, is, Giselle's is more about her daughters. And I get it in relation to like. Right. With her daughters going on, like going off to college and whatnot. Here's the thing. But like when you have made an accusation against your then friend's husband. Yeah. Because they were friends then. I mm-hmm. think we forget that. Candace and Giselle were very good friends. Yeah, they weren't in a bad spot. Um, when this allegation happened. And then it went from nothing happened to he made me go in the room and close the door. Yeah. And, so, like, and not just that. Like people, like, people are also talking about all, only in terms of the the hotel room thing. Right. Like, she also was spreading the thing that, like, Chris grabbed Deborah's ass. Right. And was, and it's, like, you, was very glib about. Like, whether you think, like, she missed, whether you're going to take her spin that she misheard Ashley or whatever, the way she spoke about it was very glibly. And then the fact that they promoted all of these infidelity rumors on their podcast. Yeah. And said, I, I know enough about Chris to think that's true. It was like, fuck you. You don't get to talk right now. This is not about you. This is not about your little, you know, accusation bullshit. This is about a real serious uh, issue. And this is about the fact that you utilized how serious of an issue this is to do a takedown on housewives on something that was fake. Sit down. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, again, if, like, people keep saying, like, well, Giselle said, you know, I've seen a lot of defenders say Giselle had a right to say that she was uncomfortable. Absolutely. But that's not not where it, like, if that's where it stopped, fine. But it kept morphing. Like, Like, her story was different every time she told it. And it was elaborated on, and it was portraying it as if he was trying to sexually assault her. Right. Sorry. Not, Not just portraying it like... He thought he could get with it. He's a sneaky link. Those are actively saying he's trying to sleep with her. Right. So I mean it's it went on it went from illusion to absolute outright saying it. Right. And it's just stop it. Stop it. I saw so like Candace had posted a tweet after the episode or a uh, series of tweets after the episode about like it was really hard to watch a woman who made these accusations who these false accusations who the way she handled that topic last season it was really hard to fucking watch and like in terms of that and i saw a lot of people being like i i actually saw the tweet because i saw a lot of people and some people who i respect and and like you know i'm not saying anything about the people but are definitely a little more team robin in terms of this stuff and and all that like being like I saw people literally saying, like, 
Candace is going like this is like Candace's Nimi moment. Like she's like going like this is really going to be like her way. Like she's going to get out of the show because of this. And I hadn't seen the tweets yet. And then I went to look at the tweets and I'm like, this isn't that bad. It's just like she, I don't understand. Like Candace has a right to think what she ha- thinks because of what she saw on the show. And I'm sorry when I did watch the episode when Giselle's part come up, came up, I did feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because like. Yeah, it's just cringy hearing her talk about it like that when she's not acknowledging what she did. Yeah. I like it's it's just like and it didn't take away from how impactful the scene was. Like it it was still a very impactful scene that I think was very important, but like yeah, it, it's it is an elephant in the room that I think is a problem. And I'm not saying Giselle needs to be fired because of it necessarily even cuz if she actually took accountability for it and like, you know, Right. Like, was apologetic for it. We can move the fuck on. But, right, like, but she's instead digging in and actively trying to rip this cast apart. Yeah, and Candace shouldn't have to move on. Right. Sorry. Candace has done nothing wrong. It's it's crazy. Like, yeah. Um, but as uh, Ella's playing the song, Mia gets really emotional at a certain point and has to leave the table. Um, and Ashley then goes to check on her uh, in the bathroom. And um, Mia um, then starts to sort of explain her story and, th- and it really was illuminating the fact that um, she says it was Jacqueline, Jacqueline's old boyfriend, and it was in a moment where Jacqueline had kind of left her at this place or whatever. And because then, she trusted her boyfriend to take care of her friend, and wouldn't think that right he would do anything. Like she doesn't consciously blame Jacqueline, but there's an emotional blaming there. Yeah, and she says it like it's yeah. not fair that I yeah. that I uh, kind of am very mean to her in certain regards because I'm holding on to this. It's not right. a fair situation, but that's what it is. Like, that's what's happening. Yeah. And it was really illuminating. I think it was, it, it I, I was, I kind of attributed last season, if you watched our, or listened to our Potomac reviews, um, I thought it was a lot of her, Mia, like, sort of wanting to be in with the Green Eyed Bandits, and so she kind of, like, right. dumped Jacqueline for, like, and it came across that way on the season, but to know this sort of, like, background of, like, what it is, it makes, it gives a different, get, puts in a different light, and, like... I would, and I really liked Jacqueline last season. Yeah. I'd like to see her back and her and Mia kind of handle this. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really a great, a, a good depth to Mia that we haven't truly gotten before. Yeah. I think it could be really, really good for her, especially going forward single. Yeah. Next season. Yeah. It, that could be interesting. And I, I really, again, like I said on the offset, I liked me in this episode a lot. I thought this was a great episode for Mia, And I thought that she showed a range that was really important. And like, we've had little moments of like sort of really emotional stuff, like with the stuff with her mother and stuff like yeah. that. But like, this was the most like sort of like raw that we've seen Mia. And I, yeah. and I really was happy to see that in that regard. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm wondering because there was the whole storyline with her and Jacqueline having slept with people together. Is that related to this thing with her ex? That's interesting. Like, I just wonder if there's any sort of connection between that. Yeah. And this. And there and there is like a volatile you de- now that I think about it, there is a volatileness in terms of like their interpersonal like at the very least like like you said, like their interpersonal relationships in terms of their own um romantic relationships with other people and in terms of the dependence like the the stuff about like Mia buying her a car and so and, right. or, and Gordon or Gordon being the one to buy her the car and all of that. Like there is a lot that's there and it's like it, Like I almost even wonder if Mia had been a third 
to Jacqueline and the the boyfriend. And then Jacqueline left and the boyfriend thought it was okay to just go after Mia and didn't take no. I don't know. Like, I, like that to me would make me understand. Like I completely get that why Jacqueline, especially if Jacqueline's the one that brought her into that, why there's an emotional blaming of Jacqueline for that situation. You know, like sure, there's a I, lot of different, I'd like to know what the story is. I don't know what the story is. So like my brain's like going through the possibilities, but it's it's interesting, yeah. And I'm sure it's hard for Mia because it's oh, like her, of course, it's like her story to tell, and like it, you know, I think it's you know it, for her telling as much as he did this episode, I think it's it's very brave of her, obviously, and like completely, yeah. Um, so that was Potomac for this week. Um, this was this was a good episode, I would say overall. Like it's, it still could be better, but yeah. like I, you know, better than better than most episodes this season. Um, yeah. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking part two of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's return to this reunion where Mary evolves from marrying her grandfather to listening to her son fuck. Uh, didn't need that, but okay, that's what we're doing today on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. That's a trip. Like that, that, that there is something dark sided happening in that household, and we'll get to it. But it's like, oh god, um, Salt Lake City Part Two uh, reunion. This was a really good episode of the reunion, and like, I'm kind of like. I I feel like you could read that I was like doubting Monica to a certain extent, like the first part. I not doubting, but like I was like ha- pointing like I there had, were questions. I there were questions. I had issues. I think Monica did better this episode. Yes, and I think it's it. We'll get to it. It's very fascinating to see like what Monica's path is going to be going forward, if any. You know, I think there's certain openings but i think there's definitely you know i think the opening is whitney we'll get to it whitney seemed like 
open to her explanations of things. We still haven't got to the reality of Antis of it all. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested to see her reactions then. But she seemed, she was like giving these empathetic looks and nodding and like all of those sorts of reactions to Monica that makes me go, oh, 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 could Whitney be the end next yeah. season? And, and in reality, like, it's real, this, it hasn't been as toxic as I expected. Yeah. Like it hasn't been like so cutthroat that it's like insane. There's moments like I think they go at it like like Lisa is definitely like in that mode in certain ways. There's definitely a point where like they're screaming and Andy has his head in his hands like uh, not this again. This is better than I mean not as much as Jersey. No, like, still still never as bad as Jersey. I can't, we can't get over how bad that Jersey was. I'm I'm still not even sure if I want to watch next season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um yeah. So we come back when uh Angie and Monica were going at it, and Angie makes the comment about putting your Range Rover under a fucking carport, and you're, you know, buying a purse instead of feeding your kids or whatever the hell she said. And Angie going, "Nobody wants you here." And Monica goes, "Thank you. I'm very well aware." <laughs> God, we love it. We love an in touch queen. <laughs> uh, but as they're fighting. Like, they're just intensely fighting at this. And then Meredith just goes, is there any way to make it a little warmer in here? I mean, like, she's cold. Like, I'm dying. Like, Meredith has her priorities straight. <laughs> and Whitney just leans forward and goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we then go, okay. So then we go to the package about Monica and Linda. Ugh. And, well, and I can't, again, we cannot deny Monica's impact. She's going to, I mean, I'm assuming with part three, she's getting three packages of, yeah. like, different elements of her story this season and not everyone's getting that yeah um so they but after the package so andy asked about like her family canceling in bermuda and what was that all about like was it your mom's involvement monica goes so this is still an unsolved mystery because me and my mother are not speaking and apparently since filming had wrapped they weren't speaking except i'm assuming well except through twitter because <laughs> right you know um monica goes you know, my mom had messaged production and she said that I wanted to go. And production was like, um, no. And I love Andy was like, right. Cause I would be stupid. Yeah. Like what, like you think you're what, in what other world would a mother go on a girl's cast trip on this show? Like, she wouldn't. And now if she had paid her way, production would have mic'd her. Yeah. But we'll understand her thought process of that to a certain extent in a bit. Monica's like, so she was very pissed and she threw this huge fit. Um, Annie asked about like her mom, her mentioning how her mom was like switch, switching up in therapy in terms of like, you know, cause Monica's like, we would do therapy, but then she would be like, everything's great, you know, and downplay things. And so therapy doesn't work in that case. Right. And Monica's like, I kind of actually feel like that's maybe a little common. And Whitney starts nodding. Like she, she's like this element. I, again, they were very open to the mother stuff. Right. And I also, I don't know about you. I thought last episode I was, I, I think I may have mentioned it about how I wasn't sure how Andy was feeling Monica. It definitely, yeah. like, it felt like she, he was kind of like cutting her off and sort of like not being on her side and certain things. This episode was a completely different This story. episode, he was invested in Monica right. intensely. He feel, I, which is strange in the sense that, not strange, is worrying in the sense because I feel like he's really invested in the, the dynamic with her, her and her mother, which I understand why. But I also don't – if Monica is going to come back, I don't think Linda should come back. I don't either. Because I think that Linda is, like, far gone. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't – I see a lot of people being, like, I, we can't really trust Monica's intentions. And I 
kind of understand why. To me, though, I, I, I'm under the realm that this is also Linda. I think Linda is fame hungry. I think Linda is willing to sort of fake stuff to present a certain way on the show and all that stuff. I don't know if Monica is like, I did. I don't think Monica fully was like, I developed a game plan and this is what I'm going to do to be on this show. And right, all that because stuff. if she was planning on being fake to production even, then why would she have a whole storyline where she spent money that she didn't really have on a, on a purse to impress these ladies? Right. And I, well, I will say this. I don't think Monica's any more fake than anyone else on Housewives. Yeah. Like there's certain Housewives that produce and don't get me wrong. Right. But it's like, I don't think it's any explicitly different. I think Linda's in a whole world. Right. And I think like, I don't know. I think that I trust her a little bit more this episode. And yeah. I think that was, I think important for her staying. Um, Monica's like, I think we see it play out in the season where if I say a traumatic event, all she does is say, no, it wasn't, you know, it didn't happen like that. You know, it was just one time. And Andy goes, I mean, it's almost like gaslighting. Yeah. Like, like definitely Andy, like, again, this is like, I don't see how Linda can come back as much as like problematic mama Joyce was. Yeah. Like he would mama, like Andy wouldn't say to Andy, your mom is gaslighting you to your face. Even though, to be fair, Mama Joyce did sometimes gaslight Andy right. to her face. <laughs> right, but you're not going to, like, say that. You know right. what I mean? Like, Andy asked about her dad leaving at four, and Monica retells the story of all that. Um, and Monica's like, honestly, like, I don't even know at this age if I would want to meet him. I'd like to know what he would look like, at least. Yeah. Like, that's imp- I do think that's a valuable thing. I don't think you need a relationship, necessarily. Um, well, it also depends on what the – I would want to know his side of the story of why he left. Well, she, because it, I don't trust anything that Linda says. Well, was it – it wasn't – did Monica say it or was Linda saying it that it was – he had a gay lover? And that's why he, like, moved to Florida and, like, uh, you know – I seem to remember that, but I still want to know what his – like, how things went down. Like – did I'm he sure ha- he. I'm he sure he has a, some Linda stories. Did he have an affair, and that's what happened, or did he leave because he came out and she decided she was going to do whatever she was going to do, and then he left, and now he has love. Was she with the Mormon Church at that point? Because with, with they were living else? in Boston. Well, yeah, but you can be Mormon outside of Utah, right? Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, but I, I. That's the only thing that makes logical sense to me is like that it was a religious thing or some kind of what I mean. I right. mean, you're, so, you can't be with somebody if they're like you know. Or I mean, you can if you're maybe Sean and Angie allegedly. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, that was bad. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled for that. Um, Andy asked, um, you know, when you were 12, your mom left. What career did she pursue when she had left you in Pennsylvania? And Monica goes, television. And Andy goes, she got on TV, (laughs) which it's like, that's so, it really contextualizes it. Yeah. It's crazy. And then Andy asks, you know, your mom is tweeting a lot of stuff about the show, like negative against you. Like she's very active on Twitter. Monica goes, it's honestly worse than I could have ever imagined. I knew that filming was going to be hard and I knew that you guys were going to see some shit. But what my mom has done after online is worse. Yeah. I mean, it is like kind of like last week. It is kind of like, oh, but like, you know, 
with reality blonde tees, like kind of maybe think about that slightly, but you know, yeah. Um, Annie asked Lisa if she's rethink things about the whole Monica stuff with her mom after watching back the show. Lisa is like, okay, so this is a two part question. And she gives this like long rambling answer. Like she, it did not have to be this long of an answer. It really didn't, but it's Lisa. So it makes sense. I'll say this. We'll get to it. This is maybe Lisa's worst episode. And I will say they do Lisa favors in the main show because to edit her down. (laughs) Like she, but they do not do those same favors on the reunion. You can't really do it at the reunion. And well, it's, it's a different production company. Oh, well that there's that too. Yeah. It's the local New York one. It's not, yeah, but I think even at like in a reunion in general, like you can cut like in a season, you can cut things and like sort of like let it flow in a certain way. Lisa's just always fucking talking. Like it's just like, yeah, it really was annoying. Uh, but she ends and goes like, they definitely had a very tumultuous relationship. You know, it's sad and it's really none of my business. I'm like, fine, cool, <laughs> as long as you say that. Um, Monica goes, I appreciate it. You know, I can agree that from an outside perspective, it would look like I'm a complete bitch to my mom. Cause Lisa was saying like, I was just going off of the Easter brunch, like, you know, whatever she's like, I think unless you know our history or dealt with it, you can, you can see what she's doing. It was more important to my mother to impress everyone else than be there for her daughter. And Whitney goes, I saw that. She goes, she sat down at the table and it felt like she wanted to be in Monica's shoes. And the fact that, like, Whitney picked that up, I was yeah. like, yeah. But, but the, that is a good point. Like, unless you do have, like, a problematic mother like that or you know people who have yeah. had that situation. Yeah, to the outside, it does look like Monica's just being an asshole. Well, and then that coupled with the prayer that... that oh, we'll oh get to God. it. <laughs> oh, my God. Andy goes, for someone who left her 12-year-old to pursue a career in television, do we think your mom was kind of, like, auditioning to be a housewife a bit? Monica then goes, and they build this up because it is a fucking bombshell. She goes, when I applied to get on the show, I did my final interview. The first place I went was to my mom's and I just laid on her couch and I cried. I was like, I totally fucked up. I bombed it. I don't think I was myself. And my mom said, let's say a prayer. And then she prayed that she would get it instead. She's literally saying, Lord, if it's not Monica, let it be me. And when he goes, oh, my God. like Wild. <laughs> Unhinged, like, bonkers banana pants behavior. I guarantee you Linda would be like, it was a joke. Like what? But, like, that's not a joke. That's wild. That's like some, again, that's like some mommy dearest shit that's like, beyond again you can't have this woman back i mean i get it it would be great television but like that is fucking wild and and again i say that like and and i'm gonna say i believe monica at first i was kind of like that sounds fucking crazy where i don't even know if that's like a real story but like i'm gonna lean into i believe monica on that and i just want people like contextualize that being someone's child Right. Like you, it's almost as if like you were only born as a product to make me famous. Yeah. And that's wild. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Heather goes, and you still film with her after that? Like, why risk that? Monica goes, that is a fair question. And she's like, she tears up and she's like, I think I was just so used to it. And and Andy goes, yeah, you are. 
this is what Andy was, Andy was like being Monica's hype person. She's like, yeah, you were used to it. Monica goes, that it just feels, and Andy goes, normal. <laughs> like, yeah. Andy was like really like helping, like, like, it's like, yeah, this is fucking drama, girl. Yeah. Um, like, I just had the thought of, holy shit, what if they made her mom a housewife next season? No, 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 no. That's too far. That's <laughs> I too- know it's too far, but what if they did it? <laughs> uh, maybe, ca- maybe cast on a girl's trip. Like, do like a mom's... Go- if you're going to do a mom's girl's trip, you're inviting Linda. Like, oh, everyone, yes. Every- like, yes, I get that. But, like, other than that, no, thank you. <laughs> like... Ugh. I need uh, Candace's mom on that trip. I need Mama Joyce on that trip. Right. Mama D. Mama D. Yes. Fabulous. Uh, who else do I need on that trip? Um, um, people always um, say, people always, when people have thrown out the idea of it, people always say Tinsley's mom, Dale. Yes. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a potential there. Yeah. There's potential. Um, Andy asked if she has a history of sabotaging. And Monica describes how she had banned her ex-husband, Mike, at one point from the house when they had first gotten together and was like, you will not take my daughter away from me. Which, I mean, here, well, I won't say that I, I don't think Linda is altruistic in any of her intentions. Don't get me wrong. I will say with, like, Monica talked about, like, the domestic violence stuff. I mean, it's unfortunate that, like, that. And that's probably also re-triggering if, like, right. your mom was, like, so, like, adamant against this person and this person does something to you. Like, you know. Well, then it's also going to be something that Linda uses over her. Yeah. Because nothing's off limits to a person like that. It's, They'll just use that trauma against you and see, look, I was right. I was protecting you. Yeah. Now you have to believe everything that I tell you. It's so fucked up. It really is. Yeah. Whitney goes, until you have the opportunity to see it from the outside looking in, you have no idea how much you're being manipulated and abused and how toxic it is. And Heather goes, amen to that. This was really the most poignant thing Whitney's ever said on the show, I yeah. actually think. When he goes, even with my own father, it took watching for certain things to trigger in my brain, which, like, yeah. I, people have said that before. It's like, I didn't, it, people say it with, like, their marriages and stuff like that. Like, I, until I get on this show, like, I don't see things until I, yeah. you know. Um, Andy asks Heather if she's communicating with her mother, and they're, like, just, like, text on, like, Christmas and birthdays, and that's about it. She's like, you know, I knew the conditions of my family, you know, if I did the show and I left the church. So I'm settled with that in terms of all that. And then he asked Whitney about um, her mother appearing at the roller rink for Bobby's birthday and all that stuff. And Whitney tears up. They were estranged for 16 years, which is wild. Um, And Whitney's like, there were birthdays and Christmases where she wouldn't even text me. It's like, you know, we don't really, I mean... We we have gotten into Whitney's family stuff, but it's also kind of surface. No, I, I, yeah. I don't want to say surface because Whitney does has shared a lot. But it's like we – I would love to get – like Whitney talks about being in therapy and it being really important to her. I would love to see like the products of those therapy sessions. Right. There's been general terms talked about in like some of the trauma she's been through. And like there's someone in my family who did this. Yeah. But not like – we haven't gotten into the not necessarily the details of who it was because that's like that's up to you, but like I want like what happened with your family? You talked about how they covered up, but like who did that? Yeah. Who was protecting this person? Who was someone that you could no longer trust? What did that do with that relationship? Right, like those are the sorts of things that are familiar to a lot of people because a lot of people have dealt with that. Yeah. 
And Andy asked, like, how did you repair it with your mom? And she's like, we were able to have a very honest conversation about my childhood. And a big factor was removing my father. And that's why I'm, I feel like it was her father. Like, I'm not going to – I don't want to theorize because I think that's, you know, yeah. I don't, you know, it's someone's abuse. But, like, it does feel like her father being out of her life, even though he's maybe going through something very tragic in his own life, is very important for her. And I think if that's the case, then she needs to do that. Well, and see, I had remembered, I had thought he had died. Right. I, I thought that too, but no, he like disappeared. Like he, like it was like, he goes like radio silent, basically like, you know, apparently a lot. And like you, but when you're an addict, yeah, that's a bad, that's That's the assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andy, (laughs) they transition. Andy goes, Monica and Angie, I think you were tweeting back at each other. Did someone get thrown down a staircase or something? <laughs> like, I love the way he phrased that. I love how he asks a question when Bravo has the footage. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's They do play the footage of it. Um, so she was like, I just had this big blow up with my mom or whatever. Her side of the story is like, I had this blow up. You know, I was crying. So my eyes had tears in them. I went to go down the stairs to get my kids in the basement, went to grab a railing. There was no railing. And I basically fell down the stairs and they show the footage of it. And there's a loud thud. <laughs> like, well, I mean, we don't actually see her fall down the stairs, but we do see her reach around the corner for that staircase or for the banister that's not there. There should have been railings there. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, like I get you. It's a modern home, but it's like. There's there's safety issues and yeah I agree like I think she should have sued Andy, I yeah that's a safety problem and if there's a safety problem in your home that causes me to have an injury you better believe I'm suing you yeah Angie goes but you then you threatened to sue me online Monica goes Angie is there anything that you don't have a problem with me <laughs> and Angie goes this coming from you um Monica goes I said should I and I love Angie goes no you said I should sue you you fuck. And you said, you piece of shit. <laughs> the uncensored version on Peacock is great. We say it all the time on these reunions. Every Housewives episode should be uncensored. Yes. Absolutely. The way Ma- Angie says fuck is, ama- is hilarious it's to bravo. me. It's bravo. Come on. Yeah. And the way Angie says fuck is hilarious to me. Also, re-watching the, the uh, Bermuda fight later, uncensored, the way that Heather goes, and you're a fucking bully and a fucking troll. It's like, it's a crazy voice. There's like a slide on that, uh, that fucking, it, it, you just don't get that with the beep. Yeah. And it added something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Monica goes, you were a piece of shit. I was responding to what you said first. Angie goes, you threw a shoe and almost hit a toddler, which Here's the th- I will give Angie this because Angie didn't clearly Angie didn't see it. So someone had to tell her this. Right. right? And I'm sure Angie didn't. If this is unseen footage, she probably didn't see the footage. Right. And, you know, until this episode is airing. Monica, Monica describes it like my shoe, my, my shoe fell off. I was finding out and I already had this fight with my mom. I was frustrated, whatever. I said, I want to go home. And you see on the tape, she's like, I want to go home. And she throws her shoe down. Right. right. Her other shoe down. Her, there is a toddler like. On the other side of the stairs. Close by. I don't... Th- she doesn't throw it at the toddler. No. Like... I don't even think that she's registered that the toddler's there. But I do think if I'm a toddler, like, I probably would cry. Like, if someone threw a shoe 
either towards my direction or like past me. But she also didn't seem to react to it. So like the toddler's just standing there. Right. I bet that's what I want. I think what happened, honestly, is either her daughter, who I believe was down, Angie's daughter, I believe was down there, or one of the adults that was helping Monica told Angie this afterwards and relate it in a way. And, and, you know, it is technically what happened, but like, it's not. Right. But I mean, in this, in this moment here, she says you threw a shoe and almost hit and and almost hit. But before online, she had literally said you threw a shoe at my daughter. I think she said at her head. Like, like, like it was a lot more pointed of an accusation online than it was here. The reunion. Yeah, I do remember that. Angie goes, okay, you tell your side. I'll tell my side because I listen, well, I will listen and you won't. So I'll let you get it out and then give a response. And he goes, thank you. Cause he's just like wanting some like productive conversation. She goes, that's how grownups talk, but I'm good with children so I can handle Monica. <laughs> And the way the way Monica rolls her, I like it, it's it's you know I'm with Monica. The way Monica rolls her eyes at this comment, kind of like a child. She's like, mm. <laughs> uh, Monica then says like, then I had the conversation with my mom. I told her to find her own ride. She goes, production got her an Uber, and she said, I'm not getting that shit box because it was a Subaru. And Andy finds this hilarious. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Angie then says her starts to tell her side of the story. She goes, "May I?" Monica goes, "I mean, you may have a better memory because you didn't hit your head." So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great God. Monica's good on the comebacks. I'm sorry, I don't find it juvenile. Like, well, it's slightly juvenile, but I don't. People who are like this is like different, like fighting in terms of housewives. I don't see that to me. No, it's the same old shit. Yeah. Angie goes, you go on social media and say I should send you the bill for my head scan, which you did not pay for. Production paid for the bill, which I kind of understand why production paid for the bill. Like, it, it is on Angie's home, but it's also on production. Like, that's part of why I think they didn't show the footage initially, because it's oh, like, it also yeah. is on the... Because they, if they didn't, want, they didn't want Bethany Frankel knocking at the door. <laughs> because at the end of the day, production decided to have this event at Angie's home. Yeah. Like if like they should have done an inspection of the location and said this is not safe for filming. Right. We need to do this at another location. Or something. Yeah. Monica Monica then just decides to throw Meredith under the bus for no reason. <laughs> I, the first thing that came to my head. Now why am I in it? The meaning- <laughs> Uh, Monica goes, to be fair, I had a conversation with Meredith and I told her the situation and see, and she said, do you want her house? You can take her house. Meredith goes, I did not say you could take anyone's house. I said, it could be a potential liability. Absolutely. So Meredith definitely said it. I I actually believe Meredith said that. I I think she said, you know, I think like that's you definitely have a case there. Like potentially you could take her house. She might have said it more jokingly, but like, yeah, she definitely said take her house. Monica goes. She said let's get the let's get you the house. <laughs> let's get you that house. <laughs> and she goes. It's apparent that you make a living off of suing people. And Monica goes, bitch. I have never sued one person in my life. Who have I sued? And Mather goes. You're suing me, which I agree with. You were like, that's a, that that's a countersuit. Shut up. Countersuits don't count as lawsuits. I mean, they do, but not in the sense that you're talking about. Like, she's like, I wouldn't be suing you unless you were suing me. Whatever. Angie goes, why sue? Pay your fucking bill. And Monica goes, God 
God damn, no. Which I was like, that's that's my mantra for life. Pay, pay, pay the bill. God damn, no. But the thing, the whole point of the reason that she's not paying it is that she claims that the procedure that she got was botched. Yeah, but I kind of, I don't know. I'm like it i maybe it's true if and we'll see how it plays out in the court but like yeah. you know i can sometimes i do under, sometimes countersuits are frivolous like people just countersue to countersue like that happens all the time on like judge judy and shit like that yeah so like yeah um andy asked lisa if she regrets saying that no one wants to be your mom to monica at whitney's event lisa goes the conversation got misconveyed what <laughs> what do you you said it it's on camera Give me a context. Just it doesn't even have to be the context of this conversation. Give me a context where that's not offensive. Yeah, exactly. But no, Lisa's never said anything offensive this season, apparently, because no. that's a topic that she brings up. Lisa goes, "I rebutted as sophomoric as you gave to me. You were the nasty one all season, Monica. You were like, fix your face. You're fucking ugly." Monica goes, "She just called Meredith a trampoline with eyes." And Angie goes, "That means her skin is nice and smooth." And, and Stop it's like, it. No, like you were. It was funny last episode, but that you were saying it's a compliment. But now. Like, now you're trying to take it seriously like lisa goes i want to be a trampoline with ice she's like crazy and heather goes yeah i'd want to be one too it's like okay this, that side of the couch looked a little stupid this episode uh-huh. they were kind of a little they were so focused on hating monica that they kind of lost sight of certain things yeah lost the plot yeah uh, Lisa goes, you were nasty to me all season. You can poke, 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 poke. And then Monica goes, too shit, bitch. Too shit. Heather goes, what's too shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> Did she mean too shit? She definitely meant too shit. But also, that's not how you use that. Too shit would be, you made a point. Good right, job. Right. She thinks too shit means you also. <laughs> like... Right. That's not what that means. Oh, my God. That was, that was hilarious. Lisa goes, you're nasty to women. This whole thing that Lisa kept doing all season of you're nasty to women. Like, you, what? Like It's giving Ramona saying you don't support other women. Yeah. <laughs> Monica goes, so are you, Lisa. And Lisa goes, no, I'm not. I made one comment. You didn't make one comment. You said shit through. That's where I'm. That's just where I'm like, Mon- the whole like Monica is so antagonistic stuff. I really don't buy because like Lisa is just as antagonistic. Yeah. You know, Andy at this point is annoyed. His like head is in his hands as they're just like yelling back and forth. There's no discerning anything. When he's like, my ears are hurting. <laughs> it's it's a crazy. Lisa goes, this is why your mom talks to a tree because you don't listen. Monica goes, okay, throw my mom in my face. And Lisa goes, you are manipulative. You are so fucking manipulative. <laughs> Again, it should always be uncensored because you lose moments like this if it wasn't. It's it's ridiculous. And especially on Salt Lake, there's so much accent work. Like, you know, like it's part of the magic. Monica goes, you said that no one wants to be my mother. Oh, okay. We were telling, I was telling Mar- I lost track at this in this fight because it literally, was, oh, yeah. it was going like five different directions at this point. It was an entire at, clusterfuck. At one point, John gets brought up and I'm like, why is John being brought up in this conversation? I On the rewatch, I figured out why. So Monica goes, you said no one wants to be my mother, which is disgusting when your husband was adopted, which is, wow. I mean, it's kind of crazy for Monica to say, but it's a fair point. Like, But also like. 
How did you know that? <laughs> Where did you get that bit of information? Dude, are, you, are you tapping their cameras too? Are you outside their house? She reached into the reality Von archives. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa goes, John was not even offended by the comment. John's not interested in you, so don't even worry about it. That's why I was like, I was confused, like, of why she was bringing up John, but now I'm like, oh, I can't. Like, John's not interested in you. It's a weird way to put it. Like, but Lisa goes, you said nasty things about my husband. Monica goes, what did I say about John? And then Angie goes, you called him a penis head? At this point, I was like, this show is so unserious. A penis head? No one says penis head. Well, Monica goes, I did call him a penis head. And then Heather goes, why did you call John a penis head? No, stop. Say dickhead or shut up. <laughs> like, like if you showed this to a stranger, you would be like, what are we watching? <laughs> and then Angie goes, and then five minutes later said that she wanted to fuck him. And they played the fuck, Mary kill clip. And like, are you really acting like that's like... It's like very Tamra. Remember when Tamra feuded with uh, Lizzie over the whole whether she had fuck Jeez. or marry? Like, come on. It's a game. Like, Monica um, is then asked a question about all her different names because she goes by Garcia, which is like her mother's maiden. Fowler, Darnell, Delgado, Delgado is her dad's side or whatever. And she basically explains like, you know, um, like the dip, like I only use like three legally, like the one when I was, you know, my mother gave me the one when I married and the one when I got divorced. Like those are, right. you know, and sure. I actually don't think, I think people are reading a little too much into the whole name thing. Right. Personally. I don't I think do it, too. it, I get with the whole beauty, when the beauty lab stuff was happening that it was like, oh, maybe she's like scamming in certain ways. And it could still be, but I actually think it's just more innocuous. Um, Annie asked about her mom bringing up the name change stuff at the table when she was like, I don't know how you go change every fucking five minutes or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Monica goes, she definitely brought that up as a dig because I had confided in her that certain people here were making fun of the fact that I was using Delgado, Adriano, Garcia, whatever, because I was trying to make myself look more Latina to get on the show. And Lisa goes, who said that? And Monica goes, you did. <laughs> and she goes, no, I did it. You know who said that? Jen. Jen said that. So then why did you ask the question? Why did you ask the question? And also Lisa says something later where it's like her being so defensive of the question. It's like, I, I actually believe Lisa said this. And I had said last week about how I didn't believe some of the stuff about that Jen was saying about like Lisa saying racist stuff to like her kids and stuff like that. I still don't believe it. Cause I don't think she would call the young children a slur. Like, yeah. I think that's too far. This stuff. I, yeah, this seems like the type of racism that I could yeah. see Lisa Barlow doing. It's that casual, not a slur, <laughs> but like definitely disgusting. Yeah. And we'll get to later. Lisa is not great on race. <laughs> like we, no. we, we definitely find that out this episode. Well, and I also find that interesting because that means that clearly either they're taught, either Lisa has been talking to Jen since she went to jail Yeah, or they were talking about this last season when when Monica was initially going to be on the show. Right. And and she was saying specifically, like Monica said, like it was a comment of like, you know, you flip your name through like a phone book and then find the most like Latina name or whatever to like use. It's like, yeah, that is fucked up. And I just, 
I could I see that coming out of Jen's mouth? Maybe, but then the timeline doesn't make sense, right? In terms of that, um, uh, we then go to topic about like Lisa and and Jack's mission. And he goes, Jack Barlow was recently seen in California in his mission garb, and Lisa goes, he bounced on his mission. He's not going. He's just hanging out with friends, surfing. Like he's she's joking, right? Like you know whatever. She goes into a long explanation about that, like it's a par- and Heather explains that it's also a very common practice when like. You're waiting for the visa, but they still want you to, like, do, like, other mission stuff. So it's like you're learning Spanish. You're still doing all this stuff. I It's probably true. Like, whatever. Whatever. Um, oh, oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. So this season started airing in the summer. When did it finish filming? Filming? May. It was because May was the Bermuda trip. Right. So, okay, that means last season probably had a similar timeline, right? I think it was a little quicker because, like, it was less than a year. Like, it was very, like, quick succession. Are you you trying to piece together that Jen timeline thing? Yes, because if they were talking about last season when they were in talks about Monica being on the show for season three. Was Jen in jail yet? No, Jen wasn't in jail until after season three. But like she had like entered like inter like there was a period between the reunion and whatever when they. And, but I think they stick right. Up filming but really I'm I'm looking about if they were talking about if they were out there talking about Monica behind her back, right? Right. About and with the possibility of getting on on the show, there is no way. That Jen did not bring up her being reality Von Tees. Yeah, no, I I think there's a big question mark in that. Like even with the, like with the, with the season this is stuff. Like I can't. I I do have tons of unanswered questions in terms of like that stuff of how it was like just found out in Bermuda. That, right, that, it doesn't make sense. I I need more. I, at the very least, yeah. she had to have had suspicions. Yeah, you know. Well, uh, but Jen clearly knew. Who did she tell? Well, I mean, Jen wouldn't have kept that to herself. Well, maybe she didn't tell Lisa. I could understand that she maybe didn't tell Lisa. Like, I think, like, maybe she told Heather. But if she was already gossiping about this girl to Lisa, but I enough to say the comment about the last names. Now that I think about it, I don't know when Lisa is talking about that that Jen made this comment and if it was in But Jen would already have been in jail by the time Monica was in talks for this season. Right, but I think Lisa's... Now that I think about it, I think Lisa's fudging the truth slightly about that it was in reference to her getting on the show. I think she was maybe talking about just... She changes her name all the time because Lisa knew that she worked for Jen. She, well, that's she, true. She says in the first episode, I saw her with blonde hair and she was running errands, you know, whatever. So there's, there's lots of big question marks about what Jen knew, whether she shared that with anybody else. Yeah. But there's no way that nobody else on this cast knew about Reality Von Teese being Monica partially until Bermuda. There's no way. I do not buy that. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Lisa uh, then says about Jack, his visa took longer because he had a great six pack and took a picture on the boat and sent it to the government for his visa picture thinking that it was funny. I'm like, oh my God. That is like, <laughs> Lisa keeps talking about, again, like it's, he's a, he's a teenager. I'm not trying to like fault him, but it's like, I raised him to be like this like perfect child and he's like so well, you know, what? Like you had him sent, like you allowed him to send that photo for his visa photo? 
But also, this is a child that the Mormon church thinks is in a good position right. to represent them on the world stage. Lisa goes, in his defense, he's been working out really hard. Like, I get it. It's funny. But, like, there's a lot of plot holes in terms of, like... But also, it's not funny because a lot of times shit like that will get you barred from getting a visa, period. Sure. Like, you're not... Yeah. Like, you don't fuck with the U.S. government. Yeah. <laughs> Jen Shaw found that out. <laughs> Uh, and this was interesting. Andy asked a question for a viewer about if Lisa is a hypocrite for being a Mormon, but claiming to support the LGBT community. She goes, I'm not a hypocrite. It's wrong for any Mormon. You know, nowhere in the teachings of Christ does it say that gays aren't allowed. And then she talks about like working to like build bridges and to like, you know, you know, be more accepting. Hey, I'm kind of nuanced on this. Like I'm, a, I'm a, I've like, I, for example, I believe you can be a Christian and still support gay people. Right. Like, I think that denominations are different, and I think, like, you can, you know, it, it's how you operate in life for the most part. Like, right. how, whatever. I just think with Mormonism, Mormonism is a very stringent religion that's, like, again, that this is where the whole Mormon 2.0 thing is fucking confusing. It's, like, it's very tight on rules. It's right. incredibly tight on rules. So, like, that is more the conflict. It's not just, yeah, anyone can, like... Anyone, no matter their religion, can be, you know, supportive of us. But it's like, yeah, it, it more speaks to the fact that you're not in the religion. And, like, the whole time this is happening, Heather, I, at least I thought, Heather was kind of looking like she wanted to say something but wasn't going to. Yep. Because she, she's been saying all season that Lisa's out of touch in terms of, like, what Mormonism is. Like, she right. she has no understanding, really. And also for her to be like, there's no, um, you know, there's no teach in the, nothing in the teaching of Price that say that gays aren't allowed. You literally have admitted on the show that you just started reading the Book of Mormon. I don't yeah. think you're the judge on that. Like, right. you know, and, and yes, there's arguments about like in the reg, in the traditional Bible about like, you know, where homosexuality is or isn't mentioned. Same thing with things like abortion and all those things. But like. But the Book of Mormon, to be clear, is a second book. Right, right, right. The, the Mormons also use the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, I, like. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, Andy asked if she's worried that Jax is going to uh, be more orthodox uh, when he comes home. She goes, not even a little bit. I think he's going to be the exact same kid. And Andy goes, but he's not going to be the exact same kid. And Lisa goes, He's going to be a better version of himself. <laughs> like, okay, She's go so with that. Delusional. She really is. Like, she doesn't. I, Heather's right. She does not have an understanding of what's happening at all. Um, Andy asks Heather, "What's your thoughts?" Heather goes. Everything she's saying is true. You know, he's going to learn independence and service, and you know, he's going to come home a man. I think. And 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 Andy asks, like, what was like triggering with you about like the whole Jack stuff? And like Heather's like. Even just watching him like read his letter, it just reminded me of what I grew up with and what I no longer have. And that's a rewriting. Yeah. Like, it wasn't about like That's a retcon. It like it could be part of it. It could be a background thing that you like you miss the community of Mormonism. Like that's possible. But your issues that you were raising weren't about that. Your issues were raising about like the cultish element of the Mormon church and what it does to people. Right. And you were very explicit in that. And I think I I'm I got very worried this episode because I we I talked at the finale of how much I was really happy that she seemed to sort of like have this awakening about Jen and their friendship. My worry is that she's just kind of replaced Jen for Lisa. 
Yeah. I, I get that sense. And it's like, it's like you have to have a fealty to her. I think she, I, and she accused Whitney of that throughout the season. And I actually think yeah. it applies more to Heather. Yeah. Well, and, and Heather also does seem to do a lot of projection. Yeah. And that's, that's what this is. Uh, Whitney brings up, uh, cause Whitney's like, <laughs> I think Whitney's kind of noticing this Whitney goes, you relentlessly came after me for supporting Jax and you called me a hypocrite. And then we flash back to a scene like of some lunch where Heather was basically telling Whitney that she's like scared to tell Lisa about her like Mormon 2.0 hypocrisy and stuff like that. And while Heather at one point did it on the season at the Easter thing or whatever, like you're kind of showing that right now, you yeah. know, you know what Lisa's saying is delusional at this moment. And you're not speaking up. Heather's like, if I use the word hypocrite, I'm sorry. I just wanted to talk through it because I didn't understand. I didn't um, have an understanding basically of like how to broach this issue that I had while also being supportive of Lisa. And Lisa was like, yeah, I didn't know if I wanted to invite her and that and the conflict of that. That's all well and good. I just think that like you aren't being fully real in terms right. of your feelings right now. Yeah. Um, they all decide to then take a break for lunch. Um, and as they're in their dressing room to take a break, Mary visits Monica in her dressing room um, and uh, like to get the lowdown. I love Monica's like, are you watching what's happening? Mary's like, no. <laughs> Which normally people are normally friends of are watching, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. But I'm sure Mary doesn't care. <laughs> like, No, of course she doesn't. But she's basically and Monica's like, yeah, like the whole like Heather, Lisa and Andrew are just like coming for me relentlessly. They're not letting me talk. Like etc. And Mary's like, "That's not okay." And I'm gonna have your back. <laughs> like <laughs> this fucking duo, like, is so weird, but so like, and and was really interesting seeing it. I think we're gonna get more part three, but like, it's fascinating to see Mary like be Monica's defender. Well, and I think that's because Mary values authenticity over anything else, which is crazy because she's so inauthentic. It's so true, but she does like. Well, I don't want to say she's inauthentic. She may be authentic in many ways, but I think she's authentic, but she's also delusional. Um, and so she is authentic to the delusion. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> she's, she's authentic in her own mind. Right. In my mind. In my mind. Um, they bring Mary in and Mary trips on the way into the actual set. And Lisa goes, Mary down. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, they start the reunion back up. And he goes, great to see you at the reunion. Like making a comment that she didn't show up last time. And Mary goes, Andy, are you going to make me pay for that? Like, sort of being, like, it was all, it was like in a joking tone, but it was almost like, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Andy goes, why did you not want to be a part of that? Mary goes, how I was treated the entire season and how things were said that were not true. I didn't feel comfortable, so I didn't come. Which is honest, but also like not great. Like, it's, it's like, you know. But I mean, I love Mary doesn't Mary doesn't have the expectations. Like she's just like yeah. I'm not, I don't have to be looked down on that I didn't come to the reunion. I didn't want to come and I didn't come. Yeah. But I mean that's a good it's a good philosophy to live by if I don't feel comfortable, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Did you also get the sense and we'll get to it later with like her and Whitney. Did you also get the sense that she wanted to bring up the Jenny stuff? Cuz I think the Jenny stuff also played a big factor in Mary not showing up. 
probably. And I think it's like they don't want to mention Jenny because uh, for obvious reasons. But yeah. like that, I think is a large part. Like when we get to like the tweet that Mary sent to Whitney about her being racist later, I think Sel pointed out we're leaving out the fact of what that was in a, a reply to. It was actually a reply to that. Remember when Whitney had that photo with Jenny come out, right? And and Whitney explained her side of it, but like that was a big thing, and that was what Mary was responding to. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Andy brings up how on Watch What Happens Live, Mary said that she came back because they needed help. And they were like, so what do you ladies think? Did you need the help? And I love Heather goes, yeah. <laughs> like Heather's, the, the, you could tell a lot of them are afraid of Mary in many ways. I think Lisa is the only one that's not, but in a way that, but Lisa's not effective in terms of her attacks right. on Mary. Um, Angie jokes and goes, yeah, there was some good, like comic relief in there. There was, you know, that was good. Like being warm. And Mary goes, Angie, this is your first year. Why are you even answering? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like she's shutting her down. <laughs> so mean. And he goes, well, she was being nice. And Mary goes, oh, she was. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, Andy then asked Mary specifically why she got off on such a bad foot with Angie in the start. She goes, when I saw Angie, it just made me think of Jen. She looked like Jen. They kind of dressed alike. They're like the same height and it scared me. (laughs) I love that she literally thought it was Jen Shaw at this point. I don't see that, but okay. (laughs) Um, and then she's like, and then she kept like touching my clothes, like with her cake and like they show, they explain what happened. Cause I remember the whole, like Angie coming in with the, like I have banana bread or whatever, the, like the weird joke. And they show her, I'm with Mary on this. She was like eating banana bread with her hands and then like feeling on Mary's like fur at one point, like her first stole and like had her hand on Mary's leg at one point. And at that point I'd be like, if I'm wearing designer shit, get your fucking hands off of me when you're like, you know, deep fisting banana bread. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sure. But like touching my clothes with bread with cake is a weird way to put that. Yeah. (laughs) Angie goes, well, send me the dry cleaning bill. I mean, I am touchy. (laughs) Like Angie really, I, I, I've, I've turned the corner on Angie only in the sense of that, that she's willing to take this in stride. Um, I love the point. Andy then posed the question, who in this group do you like? <laughs> Which is such a fucking great question. It's, it's, it's great. She goes, um, and then pauses for a really long time and goes, okay, I do like Angie. And then like Andy goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, yeah. Cause she can like take my toughness. I do like Monica. She's pretty. (laughs) There's just something about her her first instinct to say that Monica's pretty. Well, it's the way that she said it, too. It wasn't just, she's pretty. It was, she's pretty. It was like she's got, like, a toy. Like, it's like like a... It's like, like she's telling a little kitty how cute she is. Yeah. And she goes, I think she's a good addition. And I love Meredith. And that's really about it. <laughs> Heather then pulls a look because even I was like, oh, I thought you and Heather got to a really good place. And like, I felt that when they had their conversation, like they actually kind of moved forward in a weird way. Mary goes, I did like you until you, I seen your interview. You were talk, talking about my house. Like, yeah, her house. Like you were like making fun. And they do the flashback of it. Lisa then goes, you don't like your reaction to your house, but we're all fine with your reaction to us. And Mary goes, I don't say anything about you. What have I said about you? And Lisa goes, not this season. And Mary goes, well, then be quiet. No one's talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
she really just shuts Lisa up all the time. Like, it's really great. Uh, um, and, and he goes, I mean, you did call Heather inbred. And Lisa's like, so what's worse? And Mary pauses for a second and goes, I think my house comment's worse. Like, <laughs> full seriousness. Like, not joking at all. She's like, yeah, because she was, like, phony. <laughs> Uh, the way, like, like I, like Whitney's just cracking up at this point. Like, you have to laugh. Like, it's like crazy. Heather goes, <laughs> Heather, Heather is a politician. I will say this. She goes, I said that your house was grand. I said it had elements that are unique. It has huge throne-like chairs. That is such a rewriting, like, of what Heather actually said. Heather, I'm not trying to, like, like whatever about Mary, but like you did say her chairs looked like they were from Whoville. Yeah. Like, come on, throne-like chairs. Like, give me a break. Um, but again, Heather can talk away out anything. She, Mary then goes, I was in my house before this show. I didn't need to get, like, you got your house after the show. It's like, well, Jesus Christ. Like, just coming. Like, when Mary's backed into a corner, she just, like, fucking goes to the earth's crust. She really does. Like, <laughs> I love Heather goes, you're welcome to come make fun of my house. <laughs> like, if that will make her feel better. And he's like, it's interesting. You say everything to people's faces, and it's shocking. And Mary goes, thank you, Andy. It was, <laughs> it was very, if you've ever seen the meme um, when uh, years ago when Beyonce was on The View and Whoopi Goldberg goes, you are Beyonce. And, and Beyonce goes, thank you. <laughs> it's very that. It was very that vibe. And he goes, sometimes you say horrible things, though. And Mary goes, well, they can do it back. If they want to. <laughs> and Lisa goes, but we do. And then you say, I'm not talking to you anymore. And Mary goes, why is she butting in? <laughs> Which is, I love this only in the sense that Lisa was butting in so fucking much this reunion that I, you kind of, it, it, it is cathartic to have Mary be like, just shut up. Are you up. sure she wasn't watching? <laughs> yeah. Mary goes, you don't say anything to my face. And Lisa goes, I say exactly what I mean to your face. And Mary goes, Okay, well, our relationship has been done. And Lisa goes, exactly. So what? So what? <laughs> like, Lisa and Mar Mary do not fuck with each other whatsoever, and it's amazing. And he goes, let's talk about Robert Jr. Is he married or is he not? Mary goes, I mean, they say they're married, but I still haven't seen the paperwork. And she's like, I just think they're too young or whatever. Andy then brings up, what makes you think he's bad in bed? And it's like, wait, what? And they do a flashback to, like, her getting her makeup done, I guess, for some event. And she talks about how she walked in on her, like, to pass the door. And I guess heard his girlfriend slash wife, like, moaning, like, in a sexual, like, clearly they were uh, having sex yeah. or whatever. And Mary then says, don't make my son think that he's, like, better than he is. Like, stop doing it like that. And she, like... She heard, like, she was inches, and she said she, like, almost opened the door and then, like, ran away. And was, like, basically was in witness to her child having sex. And her reaction was to tell his partner, don't fake the orgasm or he'll get a big head. I... There's something with that family that's, like... Something of the milk ain't clean. Well, and we, we didn't even get into... They didn't even talk about, like, some of the stuff that's come out about Robert Jr. And, like, the... Oof. Like, the the stuff that was going on blogs and stuff like that about, like, drug use and stuff. It's like... Yeah. 
it's it's really too dark. And like, if this is the most like, if this is the craziest thing to come out of it, fine. I don't want to get into more. Um, Andy asks how she felt about having Mary back. Whitney pauses and goes, "You know, I was nervous." And Mary cuts her off and goes, "Whitney's terrified of me for some reason. <laughs> Why do you think like?" He's just jumping down her throat. When he goes, no, I was grateful to have the opportunity to resolve things. I didn't like how it ended, but you have to realize everything that came out about you, it wasn't that we were saying it. It was in the press. And Mary goes, that's not true. And there's a lot of things that came out about you all. And I never did what you guys did to me. And I've heard really horrible things about you and never said it. Here's the thing. Is Mary a cult leader? Probably. Don't sue me. Like, is... I, 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 there are a lot of major fucking questions about Mary's church and should it have been brought up on the show? Probably (laughs) like, I also understand Mary's point. Mary's point is essentially like, don't wash your hands clean of it from, for winning to be like, it was in the press. Okay. But you were inviting like Cameron onto the show. Like Lisa was right. But you were, you were indulging, like you were actively promoting and and feeding that storyline. You were, you were moving it along. So it's like, yeah, if if I'm like what true or not, if Mary, if I'm Mary, I'm not going to fuck with you. Like, it's like, I can understand why she's upset. Like, it doesn't mean she's not guilty, but like, like, I don't think Whitney can play dumb. Like, she has to kind of be like, yeah, she really does have to be like, yeah, I did it, and I'm sorry, and that's it. And then hope that Mary will forgive her. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't whitewash it. Um, so we'll, we'll get to whitewashing. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, uh, Whitney goes, to answer the question, I was grateful to try to have the opportunity. She says this to Andy, and Mary just goes, I don't care, really. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Andy asked a question about the predator's comment. And like, did you mean it? The question was like, did you mean it sexually or like, like, no, she meant it like based off of the church. Like that she was predatory, like financially. Whitney goes, it's probably just my own trauma of being in a high demand religion. I don't think you're a predator, Mary. And Mary goes, I'm not. And my husband isn't either. Um, Like very firm in that. Um, Andy then reads Whitney's tweet about watching the episode where Mary was with Meredith in the kitchen being like, I can't like no one's growing. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just a crazy comment to make. And then, uh, reads the Whitney tweet about like her being like an evil woman talking about growth when he goes, I would have never tweeted that if you hadn't gone and tweeted me, Mary goes, I didn't tweet anything about you. I just said you're racist. And Whitney and, and, or no, Andy goes, you believe that Whitney's racist? And she goes, I do. 100%. 100%. It, but also she tweeted that she was racist. I didn't right. tweet anything about you. I just said you were racist on Twitter. But like, and it was, I got to give credit to Whitney to an extent on this because I really think Whitney handled this so amazingly well in terms of like not get in a world of Dorit Kemsley's. Right. She did not get overly defensive or whatever. She, her first words is, or uh, goes, that breaks my heart. <laughs> like that, that, I, that you, that, you know, you feel that I think negatively of you cause you're black, like crazy. And, but then this, it takes a turn cause Angie just goes, I don't believe that. And Lisa goes, I don't believe that either. And he goes, based on what? And Mary goes, based on the religion that she was brought up in, Heather knows. Um, and then she goes in detail. She goes, I believe that they have their beliefs. Uh, and they have that our color is cursed by the color of Cain. And Lisa goes, oh, 
I don't believe that. No. I don't believe that. But she but everything Mary is say, like everything Mary is saying is accurate about the Mormon church. She goes, you know, and that we will be in a different heaven, our color, and we'll be the help. That's yeah. that's in the Mormon doctrine. And you can you can say again, going back to the LGBT conversation, you can have whatever view of your life like position or whatever in spite of your religion but that is in the mormon doctrine like that is like it's it's crazy to act like it's not andy then asked heather is that what mormons believe and lisa's interrupting going i mean i'm mormon can like someone ask me like i'm like i would like to answer it's like no lisa shut up like bitch you barely found out that the book of mormon was more than just a musical yeah sit down Heather then goes, look, Mormon doctrine is rooted in racism. And Lisa goes, no, it's not. And Lisa, and Whitney has to be like, yes, it is, Lisa. It is. And Lisa's like, no, it's not. And then Lisa turns to Mary and goes, Thurl Bailey is black and Mormon. Okay. Like, who cares? Like, Mormons or sorry, black people weren't allowed in the Mormon church until, like, 1978. Yeah. Like, it's it's so fucking, like... It, it's really stupid. It's just as bad as what Dorit was doing on Beverly Hills. To yeah. just be like, well, stop downplaying it. Why? And also, why are you so defensive? Right. You're only defensive, I feel, because she has a lot of accusations being thrown at her about racism. So she's like, if I can't, the Mormon church can't be racist because my whole identity is Mormonism, you know, on the show. No, that's not true. It's also Vita Tequila. It's also uh, Diet Coke. And Taco Bell. Yeah. Whitney goes, I just want Mary to know because that's a big accusation to make and I am no longer a member of the Mormon church and that was my process of leaving. Lisa goes, well, I'm a Jewish Mormon, so... Again! Like... And funny how her and Dorit both bring up being Jewish. (laughs) It's crazy. Like, seriously. Mary goes, I don't have anything against their church. That's their belief. Personally, I wish we could just, you know, leave them alone. And Lisa goes, and that part's fair, Mary. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like, it, like Lisa, you need to shut up. Like, you need to say less. I, I really feel. Whitney goes, we're women of white privilege as well. So inherently, there are things that we have to. And Mary goes, go ahead and preach it, Whitney. And I think Whitney thought it was like a, uh, like, yes, defensive. Like, because an, you- like an eye roll type of comment instead of an actual supportive one because everything out of mary's mouth is that yeah and she goes no i'm and where goes you've been saying a lot of good things lately i i have to say that <laughs> and she's like oh okay uh, mary's saying something nice to me <laughs> when he goes i want to ask what i i want to ask what i have done or said to you and mary goes it's not really anything you did or said it's your actions those are things you do, whatever. Yeah. She goes, and it's a feeling, and you have to be, a, you know, my color to know it. And when he goes, okay, that's fair. <laughs> like, here's my thing. I don't know if Mary, I don't know if, I, I, I feel like Mary's slightly pulling this out of her ass. Like, I think, like, I mean, there was the stuff in season one about the whole, she doesn't like to go by a Seven Eleven because the, like Mary has had comments that feel like weirdly racist about mm-hmm. black people, which makes it complicated. Yep. And so like when she was saying the whole, like, it's a feeling and like, I'm just going to say it did. I don't think Mary is really in tune with like black um, empowerment and black, like, you know, resistance and things like right. that. And it felt like she was just, like, reciting what she's heard. Well, and the thing is, is that 
I can understand at least the I'm getting a vibe thing. That's valid. But to say it's your actions, no. Yeah. Like, and also to just, like, make the accusation of you are racist as opposed to, you know, I just, I don't feel safe. Yeah. I don't feel safe around you. And, As a and, black woman, I don't feel safe around you. And like I said, ter- in terms of the predatory stuff, I understand that to a degree. I also, again, going back to, I, I think she wanted to bring up the Jenny stuff and can't. Because I, I, I don't, is. I think it is as much as Mary may be problematic in many regards. I it I do feel terrible for Mary that she had to go through a season with a woman like Jenny, yeah. who is clearly racist. And had a moment, you know, valid, you, you know, whether in terms of the context, not valid, but like in terms of the context of what was happening on the show or not, she literally threw a glass down at her feet, like aggressive, like very aggressively. Jenny did. Yeah. Like to do that to a, a, a black woman is not okay. Like, especially and, when you're spouting off on Twitter about how, you know, cops are right. And George Floyd, this and yeah. black lives matter is a terrorist or all those sorts of shit. And we even worse shit of just like black people. The, the notion that black people are like inherently violent. And yeah, it's, like, it's, it was disgusting. Yeah. And, and Mary and Mary shouldn't have gone through that. No, at all. No. Um, Annie asked Mary about what she thought of Bermuda and the whole Monica thing, watching it back. She goes, I thought it was a little bit over the top. Like it was a little much with how they treated her and how they pushed her out. Like no one was like reflecting on themselves. And Lisa goes a little much and like whispers that to Heather. This is where like, I think again, we'll get to it. Heather kind of loses ground in certain regards because I think it becomes then not just about like Heather exposing Monica. It's about like this group doing it. And Lisa, who I think has more ulterior motives than simply like, you know, you know, the normal stuff. Um, Mary goes, because I have no idea who that troll account is. And Lisa goes, would you care if that account called you a dumb bitch? And Mary goes, probably not. And Lisa goes, okay, just asking. You, like she, the problem, Mary really ruined their plan in terms right. of this by being like, I don't care. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, like, so it really took the sting out of it. Uh, when, cause then Monica goes, what if a friend called another friend, a garbage whore that can go fuck themselves, which is a great comeback. Yeah. Uh, like Lisa, you've said that about, like you've said nasty things like yeah. on this show. Uh, Lisa goes, Oh, cause you called Mary a dumb bitch. That's why you're speaking up. And then she goes to Heather, get the audio, get the audio out. It's like having Lisa command Heather to get the audio, I thought was very icky. Yeah. And both in terms of the Monica aspect, but also the fact, like I said before, it feels like Heather is like being subservient to Lisa. Right. It, it, was, it wasn't the great thing. And they play this audio clip and it's like talking about like, um, like we, we know that we knew before this cause it was, I think also going around in like when Tanisha was releasing stuff, but this clip, it actually isn't about Mary. It's about Jen. She, right. she basically says, like, exactly why I called her a stink, like, you dumb bitch. Like, low-key, I want to DM Mary from, like, a burner account. But she's saying, I want to send Mary dirt through right. the Reality Von T stuff about Jen. Right. And she's calling Jen a bitch. She goes, she probably wouldn't even ever see it and just be like, bitch, I could do it from Reality Von T's, okay? And Monica's calling her out. It's like, you know, you're taking this out of context, which right. they are. They are taking this out of context. Lisa goes to Mary goes, this is about you. Monica goes, no, it's not. And what you're not going to do is play one side of something and make it look a certain way. No one said anything about Mary. Lisa goes, you know how she snapped on this real quick because she knew that she said it. 
Okay, Lisa, you've been snapping on everything for like yeah. two episodes now. Yep. Like, that's not the defense you think it is. Um, Heather starts to bring it up again, and Monica goes, Heather, shut the fuck up. Your hair girl? Well, she, it beeps, but we read her lips and it says your hair girl. I think so, yeah. Mean Tanisha, which, why would they beep that? They said Tanisha in the episode, in the finale. Yeah. Whatever. She goes, your hair girl is reality Von Teese. Lisa goes, you are reality Von Teese. Uh, Monica goes, it's six people, Lisa. Lisa goes, it's not. Heather then says something about like having voice messages of her saying that it's reality, that she is reality Von Teese or whatever. Maybe we'll get that next episode. I don't know, but like. Again, I, it seems pretty obvious that it's multiple people, right? From what we know now. Well, I mean, and even like we've seen text messages and all of those sorts of things. Like it's at the very least, we know it's Koa, we know it's Tanisha, we know it's Monica, we know it's uh, who's who's the uh, oh Savannah uh, Savannah Gonzalez. Savannah Gonzalez, and there's um like I think her name's like. Portia or Paisley or <laughs> something with a P. Her name was revealed on one of those text message threads. Okay. So there's five we have names for. Yeah. Like, it's very clear it's a group of people. Right. I don't know what, I don't know what bombshell there could be to, to like, refute that. And so I'm just trying to figure out why all of the blame for this gets laid at Mon- Monica's feet. Yeah. Mary goes, can I say something? I feel like they need to hear her out. And then he goes, well, we're going to do that because we're going to get now into like the big stuff. And this is the big cliffhanger. So it seems like next episode is going to be all about like the details of the reality Von T stuff. And so well, clearly it's not all about that because we still need to talk about this damn black eye. Oh, yeah. And we get to the black eye element, too. So like, well, I would say it's probably all about everything that came out in the finale. Okay. You can say that. Yeah. Um, but that was the Salt Lake uh, part two of the finale. Or, excuse me, of the reunion. Um, again, it's, it's really solid. Like, it's yeah. really, really solid stuff. Um, loving what they're doing. Okay, let's get into Beverly Hills. Uh, fuck. Oh, jeez. Like, I was, again, I was, like, I was, like, so invested in this Anna Marie stuff, only in the sense that it was fucking wild. And this woman might be the most utterly delusional housewife of all time. She is on par to, like... What I think the shortest housewife run is that Quinn from like OC season three or whatever because she came on like halfway through. She's gonna match her because she's not coming back next season. I'm sorry. And like no, there's no way. There's like it's it's insane. Um, so we see we see a couple quick scenes. I did like the one scene of Sutton working out in her house in these. You know, one of the the, the like um. I don't know what they're called, but it's like the the machines where you like lay down and do like the stretches or whatever. It's like oh, huh. whatever. And I love this. she's facetiming. Obvious is happening. She goes, he goes. No wonder you're schwitzing. You have the fireplace behind you. <laughs> In Beverly Hills, why do you need a fireplace? That that is such a good point. It is too hot. No, no. Um, but uh, Sutton is also having Kyle over to the house, um, and uh, she's tending to her garden and like uh, picking roses and stuff like that. Kyle's like, "Are you pretending to garden?" And Sutton's like, "I pick these roses all the time. I talk to them. It's very good for you to talk to your plants." And I'm like, "Again, like, yeah, something quirky." <laughs> it is good to talk to the plants. Studies have shown that talking to plants actually helps them grow very well. Sure. Why not? It's true. <laughs> I I feel like Sutton is giving them a lot of ammo. To just like, 
Um, so, and also, this, so like Kyle is uh, uh, trying to get something from Sutton's fridge or whatever, and Sutton's like, I don't have much food in there because, you know, I don't eat. I, Sutton's I love playing into the, like, it's stupid yeah. that they're making those comments. Um, uh, Kyle grabs, like, these, like, eye patches because I guess, the, you know, the eye patches that you, like, freeze in the mm-hmm. refrigerator or whatever. And Kyle says, they're confessional. Sutton's not eating that much. It's making a lot more sense when I see what's in her refrigerator, but her under eyes are looking good. It's like, okay. But also, I can, I bet those feel great. Like something that's that cold right under your eye. Oh, that's got to feel good. Sutton, uh, so they talk about the memorial event and how good it came off and all that stuff. Sutton's like, where was Mo? And Kyle goes, he was in Mexico City. He was in Aspen and then in Mexico City. Sutton is very like, what the fuck was Mo doing in terms of like that stuff? She says to her confessor, I'm not accepting the excuse that Mo is given. Unless you are in a hospital or dead in a ditch, you show up for your wife and your wife's dead best friend's family, which I'm, we'll get to it later when they have the conversation in the car. I am fully with that. Kyle was posting on the after the after show. She was posting on her Instagram story about like this is being left out or like I didn't mention this, but Mo wanted to cancel. He was asking if he should cancel and I told him not to. She doesn't really say that in this episode and she doesn't give that impression. Well, and here's the thing. Like she says on that Instagram post, she said that this is a last minute um, change of dates for him and that that he didn't really have an option not to go, and um, so he, she told him not to worry about it, and he went, and that this was a very specific date for the memorial, so she couldn't move that, so there was just really nothing that could be done. But then, why did you go on and on and on about it in your confessional? Yeah, if you like were against people having that narrative, why is it not on camera? And why are you working against that in your confession? Again, she's mad that like other people are talking about it, but we know you're upset about it. Right. Same with like the, like whatever they were bringing about, like your relationship stuff earlier, they were noticing stuff. You are noting that there is stuff in your relationship and you're upset, but why is it so bad that they're talking about it? And also like, we know that this is like real upset. She's not like faking it. Because you can see, because the top that she's wearing in the confessional has like this lacy part up top. Yeah. Her chest, it gets inflamed oh, every time know. she gets upset. I didn't even notice that. Because you can't see it on her face because makeup, but you could see her chest get red. Mm. Like, so you know she's actively upset about something. Yeah. And it's like, okay, and- so, but then why are you like acting like it's not as big of a deal? Yeah. Like, in, in front of everybody else? I and don't it, get it. Because you're right. He should be there. Like Absolutely. He, he should be there. And if he was going to cancel, like, and, and even if even if what Kyle's saying is true, that he was going to cancel and she told him no, if I'm Mo, I'm like, no, I'm going to cancel it. Right. I, it's, it, and, and I'm going to go and I'm going to cancel it. Because she says later, she Mo also was friends with Loreen. Like, they had a close relationship as well. So it wasn't like... Right. And also, like, if you're bothering to go to Mexico City for something, then it's clearly like, going to be like a multiple day event. Yeah. So 
I'm going to video call in on day one. Right. Go to Lorraine's thing that night and then catch a red eye. Or something. Like, I know it's not the same event, but, like, there's later a scene where, like, Rob, Crystal's husband, like, has to do this thing for, like, he says it's for, like, Brave Little Toast or whatever. So he can't immediately go to the uh, gala. But then he shows up at the gala at the end. Right. And I get that, that's, and that's for something that, like, he didn't need to show up for. Right, but I'm pretty sure that Disney's a little bit more whip-cracky than... Homeless, not toothless. Well, no, like, I'm talking about then the agency, because the agency oh, is yeah. his company. He can do what he wants. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I just don't get it. Kyle goes, he gets back Friday. He'll be at the homeless... Homeless, not toothless. They can't, they still can't get the fucking name. Something goes, they're toothless. And Kyle goes, they have homes. And then Sutton literally has to check like her notes or something. She goes, they're homeless, not toothless. <laughs> but I also, I don't understand this charity. Like I get, I get what they do, right? They bring homeless people in and fix their dental Teeth. issues so, so they, that they can then do interviews and whatnot and, and have a chance of getting a job call it smiles for miles call it like a smile of you know smile of hope or something, something. but like this also like okay so you're paying to get dental work done you could also house these homeless people yes that's the more vital part. Why are they still homeless? Like, what are you doing sitting them out on the street with the fucking uh, uh, Steve Harvey grin? <laughs> like, what's happening? Kyle literally, Kyle cracked me up because she literally goes, I want them to have a home and teeth. It's very upsetting that I have to choose. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why are you setting, sending these people out there with a face full of veneers? <laughs> like, what is happening? Oh, my God. Also, then that makes them look non-homeless. Right, exactly. Like, And then people are not going to give them as much money. Right. So, like, you might actually be hurting them in the long run. It's like when you give a homeless person, like, something that's super designer... Yeah, they're going to get attacked for that. Yeah. Somebody's going to hurt them. You're putting them in danger by giving them really nice things. You have to be careful about the sorts of things you do for homeless people that are living on the streets because it's not a safe environment. Right. Also, sorry, I'm not going to get it's like, it's, I, I, I could say a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Sutton uh, then tells Kyle what Garcelle had told her about like what Anna Marie was saying at her event. Uh, Sutton goes, why is she coming for me? And Kyle goes, I mean, you let her kick, lick your armpit, which apparently was also at the OI thing. I'm glad they cut that. Yeah. But then they showed it to us here, and I didn't need to see it. No. Sutton goes, shut up about my esophagus. Um, Kyle says her confessional, we've seen Sutton throw a fit over some really ridiculous things. Maybe Sutton's met her match. I I'm, want to be clear. Was she talking? She's talking about Anna Marie is. She's saying Anna Marie's being ridiculous, right? She's not saying Sutton is throwing a fit over Anna Marie. Like it's almost I. I wasn't sure if she's like turning it around on Sutton, being like, "Oh my God, Sutton being so mad." She has a right to be mad. What Anna Marie's doing is fucking ridiculous. I can't tell, but knowing Kyle, it's. To turn it around on Sutton. It's so weird. Like, uh, so Erica was on Watch What Happens Live uh, for this episode. Like, it it definitely feels like from the Erica Kyle Dorit sign, 
they know that Anna Marie is wrong. They know she not just wrong, but like doesn't look good. They know right. she's not coming across well at all, but they don't want to say it. Yeah. Cause they kind of have picked Anna Marie for their side. Quote yeah. unquote. And it's like, no, you need to say it. Cause it's really fucked up. And you need to save your own. Yeah. Cause you're going to get to a point at the reunion when you're going to be asked to defend it. And if you defend it, you're going to look real stupid. Because honestly, I think Erica's, path forward on this show it needs to be with that other side it needs to be with uh garcelle and with uh sutton and with crystal one thousand that is a dream team yeah the four of them are everything together that's what it needs to be and it, it, i think it, i think eric it, I, it's almost as if erica like doesn't want to take the fact that she's having a good season like they brought up the and andy said like it was really nice to see you like defend garcelle at that party and like you know call out the microaggression like element and it, you, it was almost the sense like erica didn't want to be like yeah it was the right thing to do it, she was just like yeah yeah like she was stuttering in a way where it's like no own it that was great yeah. It was a really good moment for you. Yeah. Like, take the praise just because you're not on that team. Like, whatever. Sutton uh, is showing Kyle the house that her friend Trevor has in Barcelona. And she's saying, like, they're playing the girls' trip for Barcelona, basically. Sutton goes, but I don't even want to invite that nurse doctor. <laughs> Which I love that's what they're calling her. Kyle goes, well, you already invited her. And Sutton goes, she owes me an apology. Kyle's like, you still have to invite her. Like, Kyle well, do the work of production. <laughs> yeah, no, she doesn't. So, like, yeah. Um, Crystal, we go to her house and she's FaceTiming Garcelle outside. They're talking about how great, like, the party, the um, the celebration was. Garcelle's like, it was, like, celebratory without being somber, but it also wasn't a party where you forget why you're there, which I agree. Right. I think but, that was very well said. Yeah. But Crystal takes that and goes... Well, someone who might have forgotten what the event was about was Anna Marie, which like no reverence. Yeah, Crystal says like she's implying like an eating disorder, and I'm like, what's your purpose? Like, what's your end game with this? To shame her, which is so yeah. true. And that Anna Marie still doesn't have an answer for that. She kind of does. She gives an answer that makes no sense. But it's like, do you? This is what the with the whole thing. Do you want Sutton to admit she has an eating disorder and to like? Make her feel bad about it? Like, right. what's the point in you doing this? Right. Like, yeah. Crystal then goes, when I met her around Christmas, she told me she was a doctor. And Garcelle goes, not a nurse? And then Crystal says that before, this was before Anne-Marie got on the show. They were at a Christmas party when they met for the first time. And that she introduced her as an she introduced herself as an anesthesiologist, not a nurse anesthetist. Which is a different complete. Which is yeah. It's a different thing in the sense. And Anna Marie was going off in the after show about like it's two different paths. What you know, an anesthesiologist you get an MD, and a nurse anesthetist you go through like a different yeah. path or whatever. It's like it's the same basic jobs, but just different paths. Okay, but, but one's a doctor. One is a doctor, and one is not. Yeah, and also you are using your background as a doctor to justify going after Sutton. Right. That's the that's the which you're not a doctor, so you have no justification. Exactly. Even then, you are not her doctor. Yeah, I was so I I was so proud with Crystal this whole episode. Yeah. Crystal was phenomenal in this, and like for someone who was very placid throughout, like she's really like coming to her own uh crystal goes by the way i googled narrow esophagus 
it's very much a thing. And it's not like it's never happened before. Like, we, I love to, like, yeah, Crystal did everything that we already did when the episode aired, yeah. right? Because, duh. I like Gar- Garcelle makes a good point. Garcelle goes, even in the medical field, you can't say this is 100% the way it is all the time. Right. Which is so fucking true. Like, yeah. no doctor would tell you, like, with 100% surety, you know, something is the way it is without sitting someone down and giving them a diagnosis. Right. Well, and the thing is, is there's a reason that they call medicine a practice. Right. Because it's evolving. Because it's, you know, it's never solid. It's always moving. So you you really kind of have to, like, get away from this idea that it is, you know, one plus two equals three. That's not how this works in math. Right. Or in, in you know, it's how it works in math, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not in medicine. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's like, but also, it, it's such malpractice to, like... Again, that's the whole point is like, I don't have to be a doctor to know that it is malpractice for you to go after Sutton medically when you are not her doctor. Right. That is, that's. Well, it, it, it may not be malpractice, but it is definitely unethical. Sure. That's a bit. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. Crystal goes. And actually, when you type it in, one of the next words is genetic. She's saying, you know, that her family has it. And that's enough for me. If there's one possible answer, there's one possibility that Sutton's telling the truth. And that's enough for me. Yeah. That's such a. Because like, at the end of the day, you trust your friends. Right. There's no reason for Anna Marie to be this distrustful of Sutton when she's just met her. Right. Except for the fact that Kyle primed her. Right. That's exactly what happened. Like, and also the genetic aspect is another thing. Like, Kyle said on the after show that, like, Sutton literally was, like, talking with her at one point, And she, her, sis, Sutton's sister-in-law FaceTimed because her brother has the same thing, basically. Yeah. She said on the show, like, her brother gets hers, his, like, stretched out in that. And her sister-in-law, like, was vouching about it on the phone call. Kyle, on the after show, is joking, like, I mean, did we have to bring, like, the sister-in-law into this? And I'm like, apparently she does. Yeah, because you won't take her word for it. Right. And so, like, again, I don't believe Sutton's lying because then it would imply that Sutton is forcing her brother and his wife to lie for her. Right. For what reason? It makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, I love Crystal in her confessional. Anna Marie spent hours researching Sutton's esophageal issue and couldn't find anything. And in five minutes, I was able to Google it. And she pauses and goes, maybe I'm a doctor. (laughs) Crystal hates. She was so fucking good. Like, goddamn. And yeah, like, also, like, I think, like, uh, someone had posted like a lot of crystal scenes getting cut like earlier in the season, like crystal mentioned, she like stood up for Garcelle with the whole, like her kid stuff when the right. thing it, it, I think it's actually more in productions end to sort of like sell this storyline that this episode was crystals, like coming out of like speaking her mind. Right. Right. And which I, I always think is a, now that I think about it, someone also pointed out that it's kind of a weird thing to like make that a thing when like Crystal was calling out Erica about the earrings last season. Like Crystal's not really a wallflower, I don't think. Yeah, but I think it also goes to the whole discussion where everybody's telling her that she doesn't speak up as much in group settings. Yeah. And that being, you know, like she had that whole talk with her husband about not feeling super, I think it shows more of the development if you frame it this way right then if we had seen her standing up for things earlier in the season and then that conversation happens and then you know it did make it more impactful when we get to the gallery right. 
Um, Dorit and PK are meeting with uh, the event planner, Nick, at the uh, Beverly Hilton to go over the Homeless Not Toothless Gala. Also, I, can I say, I don't think Dorit put this event together. This was the, whoever owns the the charity. It felt like they it. Were real, like, they just had Dorit like, look through tables. Like, mm-hmm. um, Dorit tells Nick, so once they pass that line and come through security, I'm just wondering if anyone could slip through, like, because like, she's so self-conscious about that stuff. Right. Maybe, again, I'm not trying to downplay I really am not trying to downplay it. It just, it just feels it like It just seems that she shoehorns it into every scene. Yeah. PK then goes, you're talking too many thoughts, though. You know, you got, you got me. You got Nick. You know, just relax. And Dorit's, like, happy in the sense that, like, the therapy is working. Like, this was a moment of PK to be like, did, I'm here for you. Like, I did feel like he stepped up more in this scene. I Sure. I, I, I saw active changes, and whether those were planned and planted or not, who knows. But, like, I, this scene did make PK look like he is actively engaged. Yeah like okay okay cool i i can get behind this yeah and they're critiquing like <laughs> they're critiquing the tables and pk goes dorit's more polite than me so i know that she wouldn't say this this looks like a canteen in an office which it's just like it was just a ta- fine tablescape or whatever it, it was fine but i do agree it doesn't look it looks like a daytime event not a not a black tie event sure but dorit's just like so excited that pk is like <laughs> picking up on those sorts of things yeah it's sweet enough um, we then see Crystal going to breakfast with her brother, Jeff. And so this is their first time talking since he's come back from Asia to, um, discuss things. <laughs> Jeff gives her like this, like uh bracelet or whatever that he got over there. She's like, it was made by a Buddhist monk with his feet. And Crystal goes, are you serious? And she goes, and he goes, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Cause apparently Crystal has a big aversion to feet, which makes Sutton licking Dorit's foot like that much more triggering. <laughs> and when you watch it back, Crystal like is it was very- Kyle's foot, wasn't it? Or maybe it was Kyle's, which, yeah. yeah. No, she made out with Dorit. That was what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, so apparently that's the thing. Um, Jeff uh, is talking about talking with Vivi, his ex, who he was going to marry. And he's like, you know, I got everything off of my chest. He's like, I'm not angry or mad. I'm just wounded. Um, basically, Jeff talks about how, like, you know, she had always thought that she wasn't accepted with, you know, you or with mom and stuff like that. And he goes, and she's not wrong about that. Apparently, this is like a big recurring thing in terms of that. Yeah. Was this? Here's the thing. I think the some. I think the crystal scenes about her brother are slightly repetitive. Like we kind of hear the same talking points all the time. But I, I think it's a valid story, and I think it was interesting to see Crystal like having Crystal having this element to her where she is like this super protective, maybe overly like um, judgmental uh-huh. in certain regards. Well, it, it's a nice balance right because we have this story with the girls where she doesn't speak up and she doesn't put her foot down and she doesn't speak her mind and she's completely opposite with her brother right right? where she does insert herself she does say this is what i think this is what needs to happen yeah you know and so it is a nice uh, contrast contrast like you see that she has the potential to do that right and she just doesn't apply it in the correct way i also liked the fact that this conversation took very much the same direction as crystal's conversation earlier in the season with her husband because it it shows okay i realize this in myself i don't need him to tell me these things i realize i was wrong yeah and then to have this conversation where he is bringing up his concerns and it matches what she has already acknowledged in herself so it it really does validate that to me and it it shows a nice parallel with 
this conversation. So I was fine with the fact that it echoed because to me it, it validated and it drove it home that this is an issue and that Crystal has tried to grow from that. Right. Crystal's like, you know, as an only child, she couldn't possibly understand our relationship. And Jeff goes, look, another woman coming into my life is problematic for you and mom. My wife will definitely have to accept that. And so will you guys. Like, it's yeah. like he's like, I'm not going to like throw you down completely, but there has to be like a give or take in certain regards. Um, and she's like, I tell mom this all the time. Mom did a great job as a mom. You did a great job as a sister, but your work is done. Trust that you did a good job. Yeah. Like in that regards. And he talks about like, he's relocating to Asia for like half the year. Basically he's going to like DJ and, and do all that kind of stuff. And Crystal's like having that anxiety in terms of like not having that. So you, I mean, I, I, I really felt it in this scene. Like I, yeah. could, I can feel Crystal's like true emotion in that. Um, everyone's getting ready for the Homeless Not Toothless Gala. Uh, Dorit is, of course, taking pictures on the balcony in her dress. Like, it's not Dorit unless she's, like, t- trying to get, like, an Instagram moment. Like, right. like with the working out thing. It was just, it was, like, I guess when you, when you look that good, you kind of have to take advantage of glam. Sure. But, like, come on. Yeah. Um, Kyle and Mauricio get in the car to go and Mo asks about everything that happened at Lorene's event. She's like, yeah, you know, I just tried to balance it in terms of like mood and like, you know, but it came off really well. Mauricio goes, none of the guys went right. And Kyle goes, no, I feel like Mauricio asking about like, well, none of the other husbands were there. Like, it's kind of like trying to like justify it. And it's like, again, like you, I think that that tells me also that, you know, what you did is kind of fucked up. Yeah. So, you know. And it also doesn't matter where they are in their relationship. Right. It doesn't, like, if you have any sort of respect for Kyle at all, you show up. Yeah. Mauricio goes, just been traveling so much, like, trying to get caught up. And Kyle goes, yeah, and and now I'm going to be traveling, too. Mauricio goes, you're going next weekend, right? And Kyle goes, yeah, and then after that, I go to Spain. And Mo's, like, shocked by this. Which you were like, you know they do a girl's trip for the show. Like, Like, number one, you're not shocked. But number two... Kyle literally says that you used it for shock factor and you used it to kind of punish him for not being at the event. But then you're telling us now that you told him not to come and that, that it was fine. Yeah. Don't cancel your event. She literally says in her confessional, I mean, it's a little taste of his own medicine. You know, I don't really get a heads up. So oops. Like, like she's so contradictory. Yeah. She, well, she's 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 saving face. She, yeah. It's only to save face, and I can, I can give passes in terms of that, but it's you have to acknowledge that like you're doing it. At, at a certain point, you have to give us the real story. Yeah, I agree. And she never does. Um, guests start arriving uh, to the gala. <laughs> oh my god, Erica's like waiting around with one point, just being like, "Where is everybody?" This guy walks up to her and goes, "Hi, I'm Justin." And she goes, "Hi, I'm you know, I'm Erica. Nice to meet you." He goes, "You look really beautiful." Like clearly, like trying to like start something. Erica goes, "Wait, what's your name?" And she, he goes, "I'm Doctor Justin, Justin Ron." And she goes, "I'm your patient. I was just in for a cleaning. Like I had." To... <laughs> and then he literally says that your teeth are. Re-. He starts flirting with her more. And like, it, you can't date your patient, sir. No. And she literally like, "I'll see you next." And she walks up and she just goes, "Oh my god, I just saw my dentist." <laughs> like, yeah, that's a pr- like I would get a new dentist. Also, I wouldn't be scurrying to go to him after seeing that. Uh, that behavior on television no no yeah i mean unless you want to get taken advantage of by your dentist in which case fine i I, bold of him for not having bravo like beep his name out yeah 
Um, Anna Marie and Marcellus are taking photos on like the step and repeat uh, on the carpet. Mauricio and Kyle are in the corner, and Mauricio's like, "Let's see them teeth," like making joke because it's almost not toothless. And Anna Marie and Marcellus are laughing, and Kyle's like, "Mo, let them do their thing." Like Kyle is pissed at everything that Mo does. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like you, you, they just can't do anything right. Well, once you once you hate someone, yeah. Everything that they do is offensive. Kyle goes, what's in that drink? Is it alcohol or weed? I forgot. And it's like, d- you don't put weed in a drink. You're just saying that to like. Well, you can put weed in a drink. I guess. But like, it's, you're kind of making a dig. Like, yeah. Like it's, and you know, you're might, you know, you've been on this show for 13 years. Yeah. You know, that nothing she does is by accident. Yeah. And it's so awkward. They're like taking photos to, as a couple. And it's just like weird. And then Mo's like, okay, you do some alone. And like. It's just, yeah, it just doesn't feel romantic. You can see the spark is completely gone. Yeah. Um, the ladies are at, are by like a table or whatever talking. Sutton comes up. Uh, Crystal goes, how's your esophagus? And Sutton goes, I have a magical esophagus. And, <laughs> oh my God. Erica goes, an Emmy and an MP. Because apparently this came up when Erica and Garcelle and Sutton were together that something about er- um, Sutton having a uh, magical pussy. <laughs> Which like. God. And then Sutton takes it one step further. The confessional goes, my magical esophagus is like my MP in that it's smooth and silky and also very tight. <laughs> it's like I'm Which gl- she delivers with a straight face. And I have no clue how she did that. American Ballet Foundation. I tell you, they're going to love <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. It, it was funny. Yeah. Um, Sutton's telling them about the Anne Marie stuff. She's like, don't fuck with me about my esophagus. You don't talk about my body behind my back. It's not going to go well. Erica just keep going, yeah, yeah. It's. I think Erica was agreeing. Like, again, it's like, I don't think Erica's willing to be like, Anna Marie, you're stupid. But, like, she's not not a disagree. She's not unagreeing with Sutton. Right. Um, Anna Marie goes, it was so amazing. Anna Marie then uh, starts to head towards the table, and they invite her over. Like, come on over. Sutton's like, good, come on in. Erica goes, here we go. And Sun goes, what? Don't be afraid. Crystal goes, no one's afraid of her. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Sun, I was so happy. Like, Crystal's amazing in this, too. But I was so happy with how Sutton just came on fucking ready in this fight. She was not going to, like, pussyfoot and, like, sort of, like... Like it, is that magical pussyfoot? Magical pussyfoot, yeah. It's 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 really a good contrast with like the like, like how we were mentioning of how she was kind of dancing around Kyle a little right. bit in terms of the stuff. That tells me she cares about Kyle at the very least, respects Kyle to a certain extent. Anna Marie, like, like fuck this bitch, fuck her. Um, so uh, Anna Marie comes up and she goes, "Hello, my dear, how are you?" Hugs and Sutton goes, "I'm good. We need to talk." And Anna Marie goes, "Yeah, we do need to talk." And Sutton goes, "Oh no, we're gonna talk right now." Like, <laughs> like very clear. Marcellus is just like, "I'm gonna leave you, honey," and like you know, go off. Sutton goes, "You picked the wrong person." Like just straight up off the bat, and immediately, and immediately Anna Marie is going at it. She goes, "Okay, seriously, Sutton, let me explain something to you first. And Sutton just goes, "Excuse me, ma'am." Excuse me, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> it's so perfect. Erica said something about like this particular no, ma'am can get you smacked where she's from or whatever. So again, it's like, are you with Sun or not? I. It was odd. Like, 
It's yeah, it was weird to me. Anna Marie goes, I don't yell, so if you want to make me yell, I will match your tone. And Sutton goes, I'm not yelling. Anna Marie goes, You were, now you're lying. You were yelling. And Sutton goes, Oh, is this my third lie? Like, <laughs> she was just like, like, what are you going to come at me now, bitch? Come on. And also, can I say with the whole, like, like Anna Marie being like, You're yelling and stuff like that? Like, Sutton, Sutton didn't start yelling. Sutton was firm, but didn't start yelling. Right. I also want to note. As much as I fucking hated Anna Marie in this fight, and I was so Team Sutton and Crystal, one of the things I really want to praise Sutton and Crystal and them on, and should be a contrast into like this Dorit and Garcelle stuff, they didn't microaggression Anna Marie once in this fight. Right. They still had that ability to have this argument with this fucking moron while still not trying to other her as a black woman. Right. And that I appreciate. And it shows it can be fucking done. Also, it shows the growth that Sutton has made. Yeah. For those people that are trying to say Garcelle is, has no room to talk about Dorit because she's best friends with the I don't see color Sutton. Like, she's clearly grown from that comment. And she clearly was making that comment from a place of, I don't judge people on the basis of the color of their skin. Instead, like, that's clearly what she meant. Like, like we know that there's better language, but we have to realize that that was the appropriate language for a long time. Yeah. So, like, yeah, she didn't update it as soon as the society did. Get off her back about it. Yeah. Sutton goes, oh, is this my third lie? And Amory goes, yes, this is your third lie. Erica goes, what was the first two? Uh, Anna Marie goes, the first one was her doctor saying that she can drink and have gabapentin at the same time. And Sutton goes, which he did. Like he, which we have corroborated on this very podcast. And he goes, well, you can't. And it's like, yes, you can. It's like, you can, you can, you're not going to die. Yeah. Sutton goes, are you my doctor? Sutton or Anna Marie goes, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. I'm sorry. From a medical perspective, it does matter. Yeah. Because you don't know what other drugs she's taking. You don't know the conversations that her doctor and her have had. You don't know, like, all of these things. Yeah. She goes, it doesn't matter. I'm a board-certified nurse anesthetician. I'm a board-certified nurse anesthetician. And Kyle walks into the conversation, and Kyle does her shocked face that she always does. Being like, what did I walk into, basically? Sutton goes, I have a board-certified doctor, GI, that I have seen. Anna Marie, as she's saying, Anna Marie just keeps going, great, great. Like, so condescending. Like, shut up. Sutton goes, so I know what I have. And you said that I made up. And Anna Marie goes, I didn't say you made it up. Crystal goes, you said she lied. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is where Anna Marie is making it up as she goes along. And it's so bad it's so terrible also i will say that um nurse anesthetists are not certified to uh prescribe independent or prescribe medication independent of, of physician. Not. so she has no fucking clue about drew a uh, drug interactions she's not certified for that shit also you said you had to consult other people for their inf- like you don't you aren't informed on this stop yeah Crystal says, you said that she lied. And they show the, a flashback to the conversation from the uh, the vigil, not vigil, the uh, ceremony thing, where Anna Marie tells Garcelle, 
I think she's sweet as apple pie, but I've known her for 14 seconds and I've had two, I've heard two lies come out of her mouth. So she said she lied. Anna Marie goes, I said what she said does not make sense medically. Crystal says, you said that as well, but you said that she lied. Anna Marie goes, I said, if it's a lie, if. Which implies it's a lie. Shut up. But you didn't say that. You right. Had, she's literally making shit up. Yeah. And Garcelle goes, Garcelle literally repeats back to her. You said, I've met her five minutes and she's lied twice. And that's what she said. Yeah. Like, like it's like Garcelle and Crystal were so like on point with all the information to where Anna Marie just looks stupid. They had the receipts. They had the proof. proof they had the timeline and they had the screenshots. Yeah. She, she says, yeah, about the gabapentin and potentially this. And Crystal goes, so you said she lied. Just say it. Anna Marie then goes, Crystal, you were the one saying she has an eating disorder. And Crystal goes, are you out of your mind? <laughs> wild, wild accusation out of left field. And Garcella goes, oh, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> like, literally. Because Garcella was there for that conversation. And it's so stupid. You have multiple people who were there who know that didn't happen. Why are you acting like it? Also, Crystal has an eating disorder. Why would she then accuse someone else of that? So crazy. She like uh, Sutton goes at Kyle's celebration. I laugh for her friend. Inappropriate to bring that up. Crystal literally goes. You literally spent two hours talking about her to where Garcelle and I literally had to leave because it was so annoying. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then. They show a compilation, and Crystal's being generous. It wasn't two hours. It was four-plus hours from, like, 6, like, early 6 p.m. to, like, 10.50 in multiple different conversations, talking to Teddy about it, talking to random people about it. I Wild. Wild. What is wrong with her? Like, is she – who is this woman? I, I don't know. You've known Sutton for five fucking minutes. It's crazy. Anna Marie, this was such a moment. Anna Marie goes, I am trained to be a critical thinker. And Crystal just goes, oh my God. <laughs> well, would you engage that, please? Because you haven't used it yet. It was such a mood for Crystal to just be like, really? Anna Marie goes, Crystal, didn't you want to go to medical school? If you had gone to med school, you'd get that. Crystal goes, did you go to medical school? If you know, If you notice, Anna Marie goes, no. Then what's your point? Like, you're saying, oh, you, you would know that if you go to medical school and then admit that you didn't go to medical school? You fucking moron. Like, she, like she literally got a bachelor's degree in nursing, which you can get at almost any four-year college. And then she took a year to, at least a year to practice as an RN. Yeah. And then went back and got a master's degree in uh, anesthesiology. <laughs> that is it. It's crazy. It's like, Aunt Crystal goes, didn't you tell me that you were an anesthesiologist when I met you? Anna Marie goes, here you go, downplaying my job again. No, she's not. She's questioning what you said. What downplaying the job. Crystal just goes, you're such a bitch. And everyone is so shocked. Uh, Crystal has been like... She is the, like, tea kettle that's been on the stove all season, and bitch is heated. She is. Later later in the episode, she's on the phone with Erica. Erica's like, you went in. Crystal's like, well, it was fucking, like, how do you expect me to not say stuff when you're being that crazy? Yeah. Like, 
me, I, me watching it at home, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Oh, no. Yeah. It was wild. And then it gets wilder. Because then Anna Marie in her confessional goes, Crystal told us she wanted to go to medical school. And then we show a flashback when they're on, like, the bus to, I think, like, Ojai. And Crystal talking about, like, yeah, I, like, and it's such, like, a just, like, talking about themselves, right? It's not, like, a deep thing. She's, like, yeah, I, my plan was actually originally to go to medical school, but, like, I got with Rob. And Rob was, like, I want to get married quick, you know, whatever. So I didn't go to medical school. That's, that, it's not, like, it wasn't, like, a passionate, like, sob story that Crystal was saying. Right. It was just some offhanded information. But she says, Crystal told us she wanted to go to medical school. Her husband wouldn't have waited for her. So I think that Crystal resents me because I'm in the medical profession. She's taking out what she didn't get to do on me. And I was like, this bitch is in fucking La La Land. Well, I mean, she is. They live in L.A. Yeah, but like... Like she's literally in La La Land and also she's delusional. (laughs) Utterly delusional. Beyond delusional. Maybe the most delusional I've ever seen on Housewives. Yeah, it's it's and what out is, there. And also, what is the, the the fact that this is also a pattern? Because she also said that Nicole, Doctor Nicole on Miami, was clout chasing off of her by by posting that video in response. It's like I, I loved Nicole's response. Oh, it was to that so good because she said something. I think because she was on Watch What Happens Live as well, With right? Erica, yeah. And she said, "I outclass her medically, professionally, and on this show, educationally, educationally. Like, yeah, like she's been on Housewives. She's an actual housewife for three years. Yeah, you've been here for three episodes, maybe. How am I clout chasing? Like, I." How? And the way and that, she's an actual anesthesiologist, by the way. And the way that it sounded in the audience when she said that, like, they gave her a standing ovation. <laughs> and, Am- and if you notice, Andy's face was just like, yeah, she ate that. <laughs> Amory's done. <laughs> this girl is done. Fuck the transphobic husband, who's also possibly a rapist. Like, yeah. bye. <laughs> like we won't even need to get into that like this, this is reason enough we're done yeah Sutton goes you owe me a big apology Anna Marie then goes I apologize Sutton for being concerned and inquisitive oh bullshit I was like fed up with her I was so fed up I was ready to throw something at the fucking TV concerned and inquisitive about something that anybody in my and then she looks to Crystal and goes fake profession Shut up! You know, the way Crystal just laughs at her like this bitch, like, you know, would have been concerned about. I do apologize for that. Whether you accept that or not, it's on you. She's the worst. How, like, I have never seen someone more undeservedly condescending. Yeah. It's one thing when you actually, like, have earned that right to be, like, look down your nose at someone. but. You haven't. Not like, at all. You've been here three seconds and you've done nothing but stir the pot since you got here. I'm so glad Sutton called out in the confessional. She goes, thank you. I appreciate your non-apology apology. I'll take it because I don't want to talk about my esophagus anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Sutton really is being the bigger person in this. So it disperses. Kyle then goes and tells Dorit about the fight that happened and Garcelle joins her. Kyle's like, Anna Marie was so heated and worked up, which I'm like, okay. I think Kyle realized in that moment, this isn't working. Anna Marie, this is not going to read on television 
at fucking all, which means it was worse in the room. Yeah. And like, like she's like, I have to abandon fucking ship. She like, she doesn't fully sell Anna Marie all down the river, but like, she is just like, I can't, I'm going to look stupid defending this. Yeah. And she, Kyle then says, I never seen crystal like that either. Like, I didn't know she had that in her, which like, I feel like she, I feel like she always did. She just needed a fucking moron to like, yeah. to deal it with. Um, I love Dorit says her confessional. Come on, ladies, this is about the homeless and the toothless. And I'm like, oh, so you can make that joke? <laughs> like, Ugh. apparently it's fine. Um, they all start bidding because there's like an auction that they're doing. I love the moment Kyle goes, "Oh, look, it's a Taylor Swift signed guitar." And Mauricio goes, "That's cool. We don't need that." Because <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's a shopper, like she's gonna. Well, but I also feel like it's a subtle dig to Kyle spending so much time with Morgan and doing everything oh, like Morgan does. That's a good point like he, too. She has changed her personality to match Morgan's. Yeah, that's fair. Which means the next step is getting a fucking guitar. Oh, God. It's going to be insufferable. She's already in her hat phase. She's got the hat. She's doing the tattoo. She's dressing different. She's working out. It's fucking midlife crisis bingo. Yeah. Um, and then all she, all she needs is the free space guitar in the middle. <laughs> Kyle and Sutton are looking at a ring at one point in the auction. Kyle goes, oh, that looks really similar to the ring that my husband got when he cheated on me, like making the joke about it. And Sutton goes, it does not. And then Kyle looks up and the auctioneer is looking at them like, like he, like she thinks he's, he thinks she's serious. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my God. This woman at this, at the gala who Erica meets, who is this older lady with this oh, pink afro. Pink lady is just what they call her. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> like, like fashion icon. <laughs> like like they, more of her, please. Yeah. Um, Mauricio sits down next to Sutton at the table that they're all together at. And Mauricio goes, Hasa, or I almost did it. <laughs> Mauricio in a Southern accent. <laughs> she go, he goes, Hi, Sutton. I, re- I, you know, I hear that you have an esophagus problem. And Sutton goes, really? Like, <laughs> also, you're in tune enough about the esophagus issue and not like, whatever. <laughs> Sutton goes, you can come, in, his, in her confessional, you can come to the homeless, not toothless event, but you can't come to the celebration of live event for your wife? That's messed up. And I'm like, that is yeah, completely correct. Like I, I, you, your schedule is busy enough to schedule for this, but not that. It's stupid. But also, like literally, the first episode, Kyle's mad at him for spending so much time organizing his schedule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe if you'd give him a couple more minutes, he could have made both events. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Also, can we talk about? So Dorit's going to speak at the gala. The uh, the narrator going. Please welcome to the stage, fashion designer, Dorit Kemsley. And we were like, fashion designer? <laughs> Bitch wear. I, I mean, you had to remind me that she did the wedding dresses seasons ago. <laughs> I was like, Beverly Beach is like fucking like five like, years ago. Yeah, don't forget the wedding dresses that were awful. Yeah. Awful. Awful wedding. No one is saying yes to those dresses. No. They're saying no to those dresses. Not, yeah. Uh, Paula Abdul gets, she introduces Paula Abdul and Paula talks for a little bit and then she introduces Taylor Dane who gets to sing Tell It to My Heart and they all dance and it's a really fun moment. They're all talking in their confessional like, oh my God, like Taylor Dane, like I grew up on Taylor Dane. Right. Like, Like it's my life crush. Then they cut to Anna Marie's confessional. I don't know who Taylor Dane is. And it was like, this is the last straw. Get out <laughs> i i can't i can't i cannot everything is wrong with this woman um the gala ends but then the women are all sitting together at a table together sutton goes 
we are going to Spain and friendship is meaningful. We have got to stop this. <laughs> delivery is amazing. She goes, she tells Anna Marie, look, I like you. We had a good time. I just didn't like that you were behind my back telling everybody stuff, trying to fix it. Right. Anna Marie then goes, Sutton, I already explained that. And I'm not going to let you continue that narrative. Bitch. I would have been like, no, I would have turned to Kyle and been like, I fucking try. I am uninviting her ass. I don't give a fuck what you say. Like. Uh, wild. You're not going to talk to me like that. Wild. But then, okay. So this ha- dinner happens magically. So then the ladies are in their homes next, you know, however many days. <laughs> you know what I would have done if I was her? I would have literally looked down the barrel of that camera and said, get me a producer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she is not to be in Barcelona with us. <laughs> She is she, not allowed on our trip. I am canceling her room reservation, so do not let her on that plane. Exactly. <laughs> but they're getting all ready, like, and so there's like multiple different like phone calls happening between like the wives as they're packing and stuff like that. Kyle calls Sutton, and Kyle's like, you know, I've not spoken to Anna Marie. You know, I meant to call her. And Sutton goes, "This is your mission. You need to tell her not to talk at us." <laughs> like trying to, Kyle feels like she needs to mediate and stuff like that because I brought her into the group and stuff like that. No, it's because she's Kyle and she has to be involved in everything. Sure. But like, you know. But that's the story she's using. But she calls Anna Marie and this is however many days later or whatever. Anna Marie goes, you know, I've had a lot of time to reflect on it. I feel ridiculous. I feel horrible. And she flips like a switch. You, she she was, had a talking to from production. Or Kyle. Or, either or, but. Production knew full well that she was going to have to go on this trip. She's like, you look fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, you can, like, this is crazy. Like, you, you look, you're going to look so bad and going to have to do so much fucking damage control after this. Cause you're not, cause that's my thing. You're not so, like, when Sutton is trying to mediate, you're, to be like, you're setting a narrative, whatever. You're like so much in the mode still. To be to flip like that doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Like, out of all the things that you pack to bring on this trip, leave that shit at home. Yeah. Do not pack this. Leave that at home. You don't need it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Erica's FaceTiming Crystal. Erica goes, you called her a bitch. And Crystal goes, yes, it's rude to call someone a bitch, but she was. <laughs> I love Crystal. <laughs> yeah. If it quacks like a duck, it's a bitch. <laughs> Basically. Garcelle is talking to Sutton. Garcelle's like, I think she wants to be right because it's a medical thing, but I don't get why she needs to be right because it's your medical thing. And Sutton goes, it's so dumb. It's really dumb. That's the, that's the synopsis. It's dumb. Like, period. Um, Kyle asks Anne-Marie, have you talked to Crystal? And she goes, I have absolutely no intention of talking to Crystal. Crystal owes me an apology. She mocked my profession. Bitch, no, she didn't. I'm You're sh- just an awful representation of your rep- of your profession. Yeah. I am so hopeful for next episode based off of the preview. that Because Crystal and Amory get on it again. Cri- like, uh, Crystal should, like, guns blazing, girl. Like, you have all the permission. Go for it. Amory says they're confessional. It's an extremely challenging and difficult profession. Why would I lie about that? I don't know. Why would you? Why would Sutton lie about her fucking narrow esophagus? Yeah. It's like, she's stupid. She's like, I need to apologize to Sutton. And literally, like, she hangs up with Kyle. And Kyle literally goes, yikes. And I go, same. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Anna Marie calls Sutton and be like, Sutton, how are you? And Sutton goes, excuse me, ma'am, I'm eating. I'm actually eating. Like, like she's just going to be like, put, like putting that out there every single time yep. now to make them look stupid. Anna Marie goes, Sutton, I'm coming to you with my heart in my hands. And Sutton goes, okay. <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> and so performative and put on. Anna Marie goes, I just wanted to tell you, I'm sorry for my part in everything that happened. Sutton pauses and goes, you're sorry for your part? And she, <laughs> and she says, uh, uh, Sutton says in her confessional, your part? How about your part is the only part? No, ma'am. <laughs> like, yes. What has Sutton done to you? You're part in it. Come yeah. on. And Anne-Marie then goes, I'm sorry that I pried into something you clearly didn't want to talk about, which is still a pointed apology. Yeah. And then Sutton goes, I will talk about my esophagus all day long. Anna-Marie then goes, well, I'm sorry for talking about your esophagus. And then Sutton goes, behind my back. And Anna-Marie goes, behind you. It's like she has to, like, it takes, like, seven attempts. Is she a fourth, uh, four-year-old? Like, what's going on? It's it's great. I'm glad Sutton kept pushing it because it's yeah. like, no, none of these are apologies. Right. Like, like what are you doing? Sutton just goes, Look, she goes, you're not off the hook, which I'm so happy that she said. I do want you to come, though. I'm looking forward to working this out with you. And so they leave on a good enough page, like, going yeah. in Spain. But it was like, my God. Like, the, what a flop of an episode for Anna Marie. Yeah. Utterly but a great terrible. episode otherwise. Oh, fully. Like, everything, everyone else, like, did amazing. It was fantastic. Uh, that was Beverly Hills. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Miami. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. 
Welcome back to A Gay and MB. Let's head on down to Florida where Julia and Kiki model designer swimwear while Dr. Nicole models how to clear your name on Real Housewives of Miami. Real Housewives of Miami for this week. Uh, this was, I wouldn't say it's a light episode because there is like good confrontation in it and sort of like, you know, right. uh, battles. But, but you was, also just can't ignore models on a runway. Yeah. It like, was, that's fun. This was an opulent episode. And yes. I, I think that's the thing with Miami is that they... i just get jealous at the end of the day and that's you know honestly what it's all about um can some of the quick scenes of we're flashing before we get to the main one lisa pumping her own gas in the rain which was like in the rolls yeah like what is happening but isn't again i feel like lisa realized she looked stupid with the whole like you know, how dare I drive a poor car? And she's just like, well, look, guys, I pump my own gas. Like, Can you imagine sitting at a Chevron station and bitch rolls up at a Rolls uh, Royce and yeah. pumps her own gas? Come on. Absolutely not. No, it, no one's buying it. With a camera crew. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah. Wild. So uh, as we mentioned, the Miami Swim Week is happening. And so we see Julia and Kiki going to their fittings for um, the different shows in which they're walking. Both of them tried on amazing things that they did not wear on the runway. You were, we'll get, well, it's getting ahead, but like you were really disappointed in like how much covered they were. Both like, of them. Like, like at least with Julia, there's the, the, excuse of she's like 50 i think but, but even yeah. then she's fucking gorgeous i was about to her say her body is amazing like they had her in that black one piece with the little jacket thing over it and i thought that was going to be it and then they added pants on it and i'm like how is this on a swim week runway yeah it's like and she made a comment she made some comment during the fitting about like you know oh can i have more clothes like please but she has a great body and i think like i i think she has the ability to do all that but then they did the same thing to fucking kiki yeah she didn't like Bitch has everything out all day, every day, and then she's the most covered up during swim week. Yeah, that was strange. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, Julia talks a little bit about her background of like she was in the, when she was in London. She was actually in part of the same modeling agency as Kate Moss, and mm. they had you know they came, came up, up at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So she's a big fucking. I also love in the seeing their like past shots and stuff like that of their old. Work. Julia, like, fucking hell, man, that woman is and was gorgeous. I think she is one. One of the underrated, like, most beautiful housewives right now. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, yeah. Um, and Kiki uh, is doing her fitting for a different agency. Um, she, Kiki gets... We, we hear a little bit about Kiki's background, too, of, like, when she started getting into my modeling, coming, like, up from Haiti and stuff like that, and how, like, her stepmom and her dad didn't approve because of, like, Haitian cultures. She's like, when you do, like, swimwear modeling and stuff like that, they think of it as, like, pornography, basically. Yeah. And so I was... And she says she was kicked out of the house at 15. Yeah. And she's like, I had to work at Burger King. I had to... And she cries and is very emotional about... I had no idea about any of this. Well, she said she still doesn't have a relationship with her stepmom. Yeah. And that's really... I mean, I said it... I think I said last season I really wanted to see more Kiki's, like, personal backstory. Because I feel like there's a lot there. It put into context... Remember when I mentioned how deeply she was crying on the beach with that yeah. um, rage session yes. thing that they yeah. were doing? I was like, there's something there. And so, like, it's it's good to hear about that, you know? Yeah. And it's really a good – you know, she talks at the end of her, like, um, uh, walk and stuff like that, how it – you know, she feels fulfilled and she feels like she's on the right path. And so, yeah, she's phenomenal. I love her. Yeah. Um, 
we then go to Gertie and Russell. They're going out on like a lunch date, uh, get together. Um, obviously the topic of like the cancer stuff comes up. Um, Russell is like, yeah, you've been like, you know, it's been like a week of you like watching Sopranos. Like it's been like really depressing. Gertie's like, it is depressing, Like, but I want to be depressed. Like, is that okay? Like, what do I have to be happy about right now? There's nothing to be yeah. happy about. I felt bad to hear like, like, you could really feel Gertie spiraling and like sort of, she's very like outward. She, I always say that she's outwardly emotional, but it's like for her to be like, basically like she said, makes a comment at one point about like, you know, what's the, you know, what's the point of doing anything other than just like sitting in bed and just like waiting to die. Like she doesn't say like that harshly, but it was like, yeah, it was like, you know, really gripping. So, cause she talked about how she needs another surgery. Um, because they didn't clear out all the cells essentially, and she didn't hit her markers in terms of um, passage, in terms of that, and she's worried that it could lead to her getting chemo and and all that. She basically tells Russell, like, "Look, I'm not doing it a third time, and I'm not getting a mastectomy either. I'm not doing that." She's very adamant, and it's very like, and it, and it's Russell. I commend Russell a lot because you have to sort of like talk them off the ledge. Like yeah. that is like, like you can't. But he did it in a way where he's like. Like, clearly hearing your wife talk like that would be distressing, but he doesn't ever let that on. Yeah, he's like, it already, he's, it's already converted to invasive. Like, you have to do this. I just, I really hope that, I really hope that he is getting the support somewhere yeah. that he needs. Because him being the support for her, she can't be there for him. Yeah. In the way that he needs to deal with this. So I really hope he's getting support somewhere. Because you can tell it's really wearing on him. Yeah. Russell's like, I mean, you need to prepare yourself for if it doesn't come back good. And Gertie goes, there's no way in hell. And Russell goes, no, there actually is a way in hell. Like, it's yeah. already happened. So, you know. I think it's important to set realistic expectations. Because it's like, Gertie says their confessional of like... And I felt like sort of her frustration. It's like you get the diagnosis and you're like, okay, we just need to do a surgery and then blah, blah, blah. And then it progresses to, okay, well, we need to do another surgery and maybe it's chemo. And then like sort of like, and now it's invasive and now you're going to have to do like, it is like, it becomes debilitating at a certain yeah. point emotionally where it's just like, you don't think like you think it's like, okay, I caught it early. I'm good. And then to see it not get done and, and still progress. Yeah. Like really fucks with your mind and yeah. like you know well and the the frustrating thing is that like she decided to go with the lumpectomy instead right which these sorts of risks are inherent right because you can't guarantee that you get all of it unless you do the mastectomy so, I mean, and I'm sure her doctors talked through this with her, but until you're in the situation where it's happening, you don't really, like, it doesn't seem real. Yeah. And so I'm sure that there's, a, like, a level of feeling stupid or, like, feeling guilt for going this way right. when she could have just had the mastectomy, you know? Like... I know I would feel that way. I would feel like, well, I fucked up. Now I deserve this, right? Like, I went this direction because I'm too vain to lose my breasts. And it's not about... and it, It's not about vanity, yeah. right? It's not at all. But, like, I can understand why in that moment you would blame it on vanity. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's about identity, right? Like, there's a reason that 
breasts are an important part of transition, whether from male to female or female to male, either direction for a transgender person. Yeah. So because they are so visually identified with womanhood. So like to lose that, it would, it's a very devastating blow to your identity. She definitely, you can definitely see that like on the forefront of like the identity, like losing that identity. And it makes me feel so much better. Like seeing her when she was on whatever the recent watch what happens live, she was on where she was embracing her bald head now. Right. And, and she, and she looks amazing bald by the way. Yeah. And she was just like, I think I look better. And yeah. it's like good to like, like, Realize that something that she was so worried about and sort of like so, like nervous about, she's been able to not just get over but embrace. Right. And that is... Well, and I could also think for a mother, like if you breastfeed, like that's right. also like that's a symbol of nurturing. You nurtured your children with those. Yeah. So then like there's so much symbolism in a mastectomy that it's... It's more about the emotional connection than it is about anything else. Yeah. So I could understand her wanting to avoid doing that, but I could also understand blaming yourself if you're in this situation where you had that option and you didn't take it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we then go over to Lisa and Jody who are going house searching. Um, because, you know, Lisa's basically wanting the backup plan because he's like, she's talking about how there's a court date coming up. And if they rule in Lenny's favor, she's basically out of the house. Like she's going to, you know, so she needs to sort of have a contingency. Um, they go to this house. The house is 21,000 square feet, which they, well, sorry, not the house. The lot is 21,000 square feet, which seemed like it's way too much. Like for like, again. Well, this courtyard is too much. What is this? Yeah, it's like you're paying for grass. Uh, come on. But like, so they're going through the house and stuff like that. Lisa notes that the kids' bedrooms are like really smaller because it's like, oh, they're like a master suite in like the older house. And I was like, get oh. over it. Well, she does. I was because I was like worried, and then but she says like in her confessional, the house is smaller, but I love the size. Like at the end of the day, all I need is me and my kids, and I'm like. Okay, like I gave it's like maybe Lisa needed a second, yeah, and to like you know, to like yell at the ladies, herself. yeah, and then you know, actually take the advice that they were giving her because it is necessary, yeah. Um, the realtor is talking to her and she's like, Yeah, the house is 5.4 million, which is I'm just crazy to think, but wild, but I get like wild. Like, he's like, Is it a cash offer or are you going to have a mortgage? and she's like. So I don't know because it's ultimately up to Lenny. That would basically be part of a settlement. Like, so, cause there was right. a, all that, there was discussion beforehand about like her, him like getting her like a house that would be like a separate thing. And Jody mentions how it like keeps coming up in like that it was, an, well, that it was initially sort of offered and then basically communication keeps breaking down between them and they keep like not being able to sort of settle on things. And just communicate normally, and the deals fall apart. I was happy to see Jody speak up on the issue because number one, it's nice to hear from someone other than Lisa. Yeah, but number two, it's like okay, well, we're getting a little bit of a different perspective. We're getting someone else who's kind of cooperating the bullshit. Not that we really like needed to doubt Lisa because Lenny's a piece of shit. Yeah, of course. But like, 
it's nice to hear from multiple sources, right? That this is how he's behaving. Yeah. Lisa's like, am I going to have to fight with you for the next 15 years over every little thing because I pissed you off in some way? Like there needs, and the, even the real, cause it's a, the realtor almost became a therapist at a certain point. Right. I, I, I was confused. Like maybe he knows them or but like she, he was basically like, you guys just need to work. You need to work on our communication strategy because yeah. you know, there has to be a way to like, do it like you know and that's i think it's largely on lenny's part but yeah. it's just still um we then go to miami swim week as uh julie is getting her hair and makeup done for her uh walkthrough um you know it's it's she's like getting you know used to like being back again but she's like it's like old times so she's you know it, she's loving you know getting to do it again um some of the ladies are hanging out in like a vip room um for miami swim week as they're coming in adriana then comes into the room she hugs nicole nicole goes i mean i don't know if i'm happy to see you right now but i'll hug you anyways good for her nicole is fed up and i understand why she's like it was brought to my attention that anna was brought to the lunch for some ulterior motive motives that i had no idea about and they flash and show Julia basically telling Nicole what the plan was by on Adriana's end. And so Nicole's like, yeah, I'm fucking pissed now. <laughs> Cause like I, you know, because I, she's getting raked over the coal for coals for shit. She didn't do. Yeah. Adriana tells her, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you I should have. And Kiki goes, wait, so Nicole really didn't know. And Adriana says, no, like, you know, I should have been more proactive. You said at the party at the last episode that, like, Nicole knew. Like, this is really fucked up on Adriana's part. Like, it's she, exhausting. It's so inconsistent. Um, Alexia and Marisol then arrive, and so it's big dramatic as they walk in. I appreciate Alexia at least, like, she goes up to Nicole and she's like, you know, I would like to, you know, it just be me, you, Marisol, and Adriana talk about this. Like, you know, this is about Julia tonight. Let's have fun. You know, let's not focus on that. It was very, like, you know. Right. Um, on top of things. And then Nicole hugs Marisol and goes, I'm going to say hi to you because there's no reason not to and you'll soon find out. Like, basically, like, <laughs> I have the evidence on my side. She doesn't realize now that, like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, it's on her side. Um, we th They sit down for Julia's runway show. She looks amazing, obviously. Like, yeah. you know, just really great to see her, like, you know, in her element. I will say I want this fucking caftan. Oh, yeah, the caftan was really cute. Fabulous. Yeah. But covered up too much. Yeah. Need to see them legs. <laughs> oh, God, that was creepy. <laughs> Let me see them legs. <laughs> That's what you sounded like. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Kiki's getting ready for her show. So she's getting into her hair and makeup. And But while she does that, all the other ladies go to like a rooftop um, like seating area to talk. They sit down and they're, and they're just casually talking, but Marisol goes, okay, let's cut the bullshit. What happened at Mother's Day? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I appreciate that at least. Adriana goes, I'll tell you again, Nicole did not know about Anna coming to say things about you guys. And Alexia goes, but Nicole did know that Anna was coming because she did the place cards. And Nicole goes, 100%. I knew, you know, and she's about to talk about, like, you know, I knew of Anna coming. Adriana told me this. As this is happening, they get really annoyed by the sun or whatever. They're like, can we move out to a different spot? Like, cutting off the conversation. Marisol says they're confessional. I'm pissed at people, and I need to see their eyes. It's not about melanoma. <laughs> it's to see if they're telling the truth. But also, like, melanoma is a big deal. Like, sure, let's not downplay the seriousness of skin cancer. Sure. But, like, but also they were all wearing sunglasses. And I love the, the idea of just being an excuse to see their eyes. <laughs> I need to look you in your eyes. Well, you've got to be able to tell if someone's lying. Yeah. 
Um, Alexia says, Nicole, your friendship, your loyalty is to us, even though we've had our history. You brought someone on that has caused a lot of damage, which I could, you know, it's well, no, she did not bring Anna on. No, well, not that part, but I was saying the part about like your loyalty is to us. It's a little fourth wall of just like, we are the cast on the show. Right. And so like, this is a woman clear. She almost wants to say like, this is a woman clearly trying to get on this cast and like right. trying to make it, you know, uh, but to- I mean, she could still say that she can say, this is the group of friends. Yeah. She's clearly a woman trying to infiltrate this. I love Nicole going, but there's no intention to be any problem by bringing her. And Alexia goes, she's a problematic person, <laughs> which is such a, just when you hear that term problematic person, you don't think of what she means when Alexia right. is saying that. <laughs> like she, she said some racist shit. Some like, <laughs> no, apparently not. She just said, uh, she wished Marisol was dead, um, which is still bad. Um, Nicole says in her confessional, I thought this was interesting. The times I've spoken to Anna, she didn't have much to say. Really, the only person she ever said anything about was Marisol. And she said, be careful with Marisol. I see the way that she created problems. I don't need Anna to tell me anything I don't already know. I'm like, I get, I get it. Yes. If that was all Anna said, I get that's not terrible, but it's kind of inconsistent to say she didn't really have much to say, but did, she did say this about Marisol, but also I didn't know there was beef. Like it's, if that is how Anna presented it, then I could see why it would be like, well, there's not really beef. She's just, they're not friends and she doesn't trust her. Yeah. 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 Like, I can see why that would be the interpretation. I don't know if I would necessarily interpret it that way, but I can understand. Right. Uh, they just keep going back, and it's really repetitive. And, like in- and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it shifts, and Alexia and Marisol accept it. Yeah, yeah, And they're yeah. friends. And it's just out of, literally out of nowhere. It's They're arguing against it. They're, they're, no, you knew, you knew. Well, you didn't know, and that's fine. And so... <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. To go from that to just, I believe you is kind of strange. Like, like, I w- well, I'm sorry. At one point, Audrey, the rest of the, like, literally as they're fighting, other girls are coming in. Like, Lisa's coming in. Larsa's right. coming in. Larsa asks, Adriana, what was, what was Anna coming to say? And she goes, she was going to say some things about Alexia's finances because Alexia had been very judgmental. You were very rude to Lisa. And Alexia goes, to Lisa? And that's why you bring her in? Come on. Then they go to Lisa's confessional and the producer asks, do you appreciate that Adriana went out of her way to stick up for you? Lisa goes, feels kind of good, actually. I mean, anyone who's like, oh, this is so messy, I don't appreciate it, is a liar. I'm like, for me? <laughs> I, Lisa's great. I re- bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Nicole, this is the part where you were talking about where they just kind of shift. Nicole says, before I leave, I want to set the record clear. I did not know. She goes, perhaps I could have intervened more, which Marisol brings up. Like, why didn't you tell her to leave once right. you knew? And like, And the fact that Nicole's conceded that I thought was a good move. And she's like, but I didn't do anything to hurt you guys. And Alexia goes, you know, we are hard on you when Adriana plotted this whole thing. And Adriana's like, but what are you shrugging, Adriana? You did. But then also they literally said this. They said the complete opposite last episode. In the confessional, which they filmed after this. Yeah, about like, you know, Adriana's just an asshole. Who cares? I'm tired of being angry at Adriana. Yeah. Like, what? They make up, 
But then Adriana says they're confessional. Deep down, Alexia is very competitive, and she wants to be the queen bee. Nicole is a doctor and a great dresser, impeccable taste, with beautiful homes that aren't rented, by the way. Bitch. God, she just stays on a... Like, it's getting obsessive, but, like, it's still funny to me. Alexia, turn around. Let me see if I can see that shoe print on the back of your neck. Yeah. Nicole is the real Barbie, not Alexia, and that bothers her to the bone. Jeez. Yeah, it's really just obsessive. Oh, we need to mention. So they're filming the reunion right now. Or, oh, right. Or, or I think they just got finished as we're yeah. recording this. But they're filming the reunion. Andy posted a video as an update. Apparently, there's, there's like a fight happening in the hallway or something. During he, lunch break. Like, he's in his dressing room. And, and like can he can hear, hear them. Yeah. It was clear. It's like, it's so obviously it's Alexia and somebody because that's something Alexia would do. Right. Maybe Adriana. That makes the most sense. Probably. But like, yeah. So they all get seated for Kiki's show, Kiki Walks. It's like I said, it looks really beautiful. Again, probably less close. Um, they all then head on to this party bus to then go to a, the after party that Kiki's organized. Kiki mentioned it last episode. Right. She organized this party. It's so weird. Like, the bus is, like, stuck or something. Like, there's, like, 10 minutes. I don't know if it was, like, traffic to, like, get out of the parking lot. Right. Or whatever. But the ladies are just getting frustrated. And then slowly, like, they just start leaving. Being like, yeah, I'm, d- I'm not going to stick around. Like, I'm, you know, I'm done for the night. And they all start leaving. And Kiki's upset. And she's just, like, you know, they all kind of just left. It's just, like, her, Julia, and Adriana that's left. Well, and the, and I can understand because it's like this is her first event on the show. On the show, yeah. Like she, this could have really stepped her up to becoming a housewife next season. Yeah. So I like I understand why she's upset. Yeah, and she said before, like I feel like I'm always there for everybody else, but like they not always, you know. And yeah, I I, I can understand why she's upset. Um, but also, why were they stuck? It didn't look like they did outside shots around. I don't understand why they were just sitting there. Yeah, they were just dead in, the, or not dead, but like they were just like no one was moving. Like it was crazy. I don't get it. Um, Alexia, we see visiting Julia at her farm, <laughs> which is hilarious in the sense that Alexia is apparently completely scared of animals, and like, <laughs> like Julia's like, oh, the baby goat, and Alexia's like. Okay, cool. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm sorry. Back to the party bus. <laughs> so More about this party bus. The party bus couldn't move, but everyone else could go get into other vehicles that are then going to move. Again, I think it's just like a giant parking lot, and they probably like left the parking lot to get like taxis, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I guess that makes sense. But also, then, why couldn't all the girls just go get an Uber to wherever they were going? Right. Skip the party van. Fuck the party van. Yeah. Um. Alexia tells uh, Julia that she was so proud of her seeing her on the runway and that, you know, it was a big moment for her. Julia's like, yeah, Martina's cancer shook me and really showed me how fragile life is. We say we're going to do this and then, you know, we never actually do it. So it was a, you know, I'm just taking life by the horns in certain ways. And yeah, I'm, it really was good to see that fulfilling moment for her. Yeah. Um, Alexia announce, tells her about how she's planning a girl's trip to Mexico City. So big, big girl's trip of the season. And it's also going to be during Pride Month. I love Running she's like, into Mauricio? Well, yeah. <laughs> He's also in Mexico City last episode. <laughs> just passing each other. Um, but she's like, it's during Pride Month. And I know we both love that. I was like, or and the fact that Julia is a lesbian. Was it also like Alexia making it around Pride Month was just be like, and by the way, I'm not homophobic. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> 
Um, she also mentions that there, she's organized them to go see uh, La Basia de Guadalupe, which is like one of the temples for um, the Lady right. de Guadalupe. She talks about how that like when Frankie had his accident, it, she would pray a lot to uh, Guadalupe and it would like give her that sort of strength to sort of like continue that fight right. with that. And she's hoping that it will help Gertie in a certain way. I I don't know. I've really I feel like Alexia's really been good this like there's certain things where it's like you can't, you know, teach an old dog new tricks in terms of like how she operates. Right. She's you know, but I actually find her way more genuine this season than in other seasons in terms of aiding people outside of the the group that she's been like stuck in for like right. most of the time. Yeah, I really agree. She's had a lot of growth since last season. I thought really just like awareness of other people and like just opening her worldview a little bit. Yeah. I I really enjoyed seeing that growth. Did You showed me the uh, seating chart for the reunion, which I found very interesting because so Lars and Gertie are first seats, which I think is pretty deserved. And Alexia is in between Gertie and Julia. So they've finally broken up the like newbies versus og right stuff like nicole's in with like lisa and larsa like it's yeah it's they i'm interested to see how the rest of this plays out and i think it speaks well that the dynamics are always shifting on miami yeah um we then go to larsa and marcus and they're recording another episode of their podcast <laughs> my god <laughs> this is like so who listens is it, you, a, is it a video podcast because it looks oh, like they're recording it on the laptop webcam well literally at the end larsa goes bye everybody and does like the like almost like a kawaii like sort of like thing yeah. posing to i'm like is it on video who are you saying who are you like posing yeah. to? <laughs> so weird um if anyone listens to their podcast please let us know tell us if it's any good because we're can, not going to do it because i cannot imagine um alexia facetimes her at one point though to invite her to mexico city i found it odd at least with the editing of the music Lars is like yeah do you know my tequila ceramic bottle manufacturers in mexico city maybe we could do like a tequila tasting and alexia goes yeah we'll have like several activities you know i'll send you the itinerary <laughs> it was almost she's like no we're not doing that <laughs> And it was. Like, I'm sure we'll be tasting a lot of tequila. Lars <laughs> is like, what? Why not? It was very much like in the background of like, I, why not? I need to promote my brand. <laughs> like, that's the only reason I'm here. Um, and Alexia jokes, does it work that you know you'll be gone for five days, Marcus? Like separation anxiety, and he's on like so, he's doing something like Par- in Paris for like Fashion Week or something. Mm-hmm. And Larsa goes, that's our max. Like I don't think we can do more than five days. So based off of this, Lars is self quitting on traders, right? <laughs> like <laughs> must be, must be. <laughs> like she can't stay in that castle forever. <laughs> uh. Um, their podcast topic is about their age gap and sort of like the topic around that. And Lars and their group are going, who's older? No, just kidding. <laughs> like we get it. Like you want to look like you're fucking 30. I will say she looks younger than him. Yes. Cause she's done so much fucking work. It's odd. And she, and she didn't look old before, but she was dead. No, but she looked older than she does now. Yeah. It's like, ugh. I don't understand why they, you have to make that big of changes. Um, they talk about, you know, uh, well, so, and they're like, it's always like the AIDS gap is not really an issue for us. It's just more about like society and like the thing, like they keep doing this thing where it's like everyone else thinks like we're great. Like everything's perfect with us. It's just p- other people think about like the age gap 
or the Michael Jordan thing. It's like which I, you played into, bitch. Right. Uh, they also find I realize what I hate about their conversations. They talk also about like discussing having kids, right? That becomes another topic. And Marcus is like, I don't think we've ever had a one-on-one conversation, private conversation about having children. The amount of times that the, both him and Larsa do this, where they go, I don't think we ever did this. I don't think we've ever had the issue. I don't think it's like you don't think either you did or you didn't. But also like. If that's going to be the topic of the podcast, don't you think you ought to have a conversation before the podcast? Right. It's like, what is it? Again, if you've, it's, it's almost as if you never have conversations in your relationship and never like broach any issue. Unless of, there's a camera. Of substance at all. So like, why then have a podcast? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, Larsa mentions, uh, like, you know, when I was with the Kardashians in LA, you know, they were doing the egg retrieval and we get footage from keeping up with the Kardashians, which I was like, they dished out some money for that. Um, what, what network was that e? on? E? Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not NBC universal. I don't think. And fucking this scene uh, from the show of Courtney going in to get her egg retrieval and Larsa by her bedside going, Whenever I get put under, my kids are like, oh, my God, what if I don't wake up? And Courtney has to go, don't say that to me right now. And Larsa gets, sorry. It's like, that is such a Larsa thing to do. Like, like yeah. let me put that right in your head before you have to go under the knife. Jesus Christ. Um, Larsa does say that she has 11 eggs. So that, that. Oh, no. E is owned by NBC. They didn't have to pay a damn thing. I don't know who's owned what anymore. It's all like three people. And it's like, you know, you can't keep track of fucking anything at this point. Um, Larsa is, uh, doing, oh, sorry. I mentioned the sign off that Larsa does. It was so stupid. Um, Gertie, uh, we go to her house and she's playing go fish with Russell and Liam when she's in bed, but she's just gotten back from her surgery. So she, she jokes, she's like, yeah, the Percocet's kicking in. Cause like she's <laughs> flubbing and she's like, she's like asking if they have any fours when they already called fours. And it's yeah. just like, she's just like on another level. Um, Alexia FaceTimes her to invite her to Mexico city. Like, I hope you can, you know, you're going to be well enough. You know, we want you to be there, et cetera. Gertie does tell her though, that they did a recurrence test basically. And she was like, I scored like 29 out of a, out of a hundred, um, when I needed to score 25 or under. And what, what, and I, I felt bad cause I felt, saw this, I thought the same thing. Cause Alexi goes, Oh, well that's not too bad. Like 29 versus 25. Right. And she's like, no, it's still, it's still bad enough where I need chemo. Yeah. But, like, I would think that that's an indication that you don't have to do so many rounds. Like, maybe you you have a lower dose of chemo as a, and it won't be as harsh on your body. Yeah. Like, I would think that that would be, the, like, it's better than 99, yeah. right? Clearly, there's a reason for those scores. I don't know. Yeah. And it's uh, and she's also just worried about, like, the idea, again, of, like, recurrence and right. stuff like that. So, Yeah. Um, and then we end the episode with this kind of, it was kind of a weird to end this episode with this scene, but it, it kind of transitions into what we see for the Mexico's trip. But Adriana is going to the studio with Emilio Estefan, uh, to record, uh, her new song, Move, Movolo, Movolo, um, which she, all, she already bragged about was originally for Camila Cabello, but they gave it to her. And so I love, I also love the recording stuff of like, she's like in the box, like, and she says like, I've recorded so much music before. And she, I mean, she did the Miami theme song and, and all that stuff, but she's in the like sound booth or whatever. And she's doing like a full performance and Emilio has to be like, yeah, don't move so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, like 
Like, it, she's like, oh, this is like on those music videos where we've seen people record. No, that is fake, honey. That yeah. is not how you actually record. You're going to get terrible sound that way. Uh-huh. Also, can we talk about this denim look that she had on with the, like, it was like a one, it was like a one piece, but it was like a tiny skirt and then like a top that was like connected. Mm-hmm. And then like, had like all these like peace signs. It was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not notice I didn't say good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was fascinating. Um, and then uh, she's talking about like, you know, going to Mexico City for like a trip or whatever. And Emilio says, you know, I can, you know, look around and get some connections and find an opportunity for you to maybe perform and, and get something. And we do find, and we knew this from like the filming and stuff like that. She performs at Pride, which right. is, you know. A big fucking deal. So, yeah, you know, I'm proud of Adriana for doing that at least as much as she's being as much as she's being rancid this season. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Um, But that was Miami for this week. We're going to see the Mexico trip uh, coming up. Um, It should be really interesting to see how that all transpires. All right. Let's get into these tops and bottoms. We have uh, we have Potomac. We have Salt Lake City. We have Beverly Hills. We have Miami. What you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my top. Uh, I'm going to give my top to Mia over on Potomac. I Ooh. was very impressed by Mia this episode, yeah. both in the the seriousness of what she sort of shared at the end and, and that poignant moment of um, sharing her story, but also how she was – that Juan scene was great, and it was everything that she yes. – she, she understood the assignment in terms of what this – show needed and what we as the audience wanted and i appreciated that a lot um and i really think she has a lot of range that i think um i didn't always give her the credit for and yeah yeah, it's it's really great to see um my bottom i'm gonna give it the more i talk about it i'm gonna give it to lisa barlow on salt lake i really Mm. thought lisa kind of put her foot in in her mouth way too much on this episode and like was not in a place of you know authority and to sort of speak in the way that she was i thought the comments about race were very cringy and like you know just you never want to reach that point and i think she's so self-conscious of her image and sort of how she looks that she just walks into these like very easy moments that it's just like if you just would take a breath and shut the fuck up for two seconds yeah you wouldn't look so terrible and yeah, she just can't figure that out. Um, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms for the week? I mean, my bottom is going to go to the obvious Anne Marie. Yeah. She just, like, do I honestly need to say anything? Like, she just, she's abusing her authority as a medical professional. She's lying about what level of authority she has as a medical professional. She is not reading the room as to when to bring this subject up. Because she's bringing it up at a, basically a funeral type thing. Like, why are you talking about this? Why do you care? Why do you hate Sutton so much? I don't understand. And honestly, Sutton has given you so much space. And she, honestly, I think is just exhausted. And she already had that fight in Vegas before you even got on the show. Um, And so I don't think she really wanted another blow up. So in comes my top for the week, Crystal, (laughs) to take over this fight. Um, And Crystal does a magnificent job of shutting her bitch ass down. Yeah, it was great. It was phenomenal. It was inspiring. People will write sonnets about it in the future. (laughs) Um 
And it, I feel like it's just going to continue. Um, so I just, I am going to be sitting here with a giant bowl of popcorn waiting for Anna Marie to get her ass handed to her. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.